previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. Well, I'm going to have to do what everyone's wanting me to do a long time in the Resident Evil community and go away. <laughs> it goes without saying that the main character in this is clearly Tyler Hamilton from Confidential Report. So it, it, it goes back to this sort of recycled plot of replacing humanity with a new breed of superhumans that seem to be using in every new game that comes out these days. After all these years, welcome back, Becky. You are wonderful. Can you just repeat the question one more time. Yeah, just repeat the question while I while I Google that. Please, <laughs> Welcome to the first podcast in Season 4, Episode 37 of the Project Umbrella Podcast. Hunting down deep-sea whales to search for a singing virus cure, and also undertaking age verification tests on anyone that says they're a teenager. My name is Nick, better known as Neptune. Let's see who's joining us today for the podcast. Recently spotted on the streets of Cumbria, bringing an end to the killer clown craze, it's Batman. (laughs) Hello. His home county is known for its world-famous sausages, but then so is Peter North. It's Star's Tyrant. Hello. <laughs> He's a golden oldie in the biohazard world, clinging on to past glories. It's Rombie. Yep, that's about right. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. He's not gone bonkers. He just supports Jeremy Corbyn. It's George Trevor. Suck my nuts. Uh, very topical. Very well done there. Coming up on today's podcast, we'll be running through the latest biohazard news as we say goodbye to 2016 and therefore the 20th anniversary of our beloved franchise. So as a result, we pay a fitting tribute to the game that started it all, Resident Evil or Biohazard. Details later on what we'll actually be discussing, and it's not a rehash of our previous uh, Resident Evil podcast. And we, of course, then finish with our brand new season of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So we start off with the news. Okay, so the first bit of news is the continued release of Resident Evil 7 tidbits, previews and teasers. Uh, since we last did our podcast, there's been a, a steady influx of teaser videos that have been popping up on the web, revealing lots of tidbits that we can all get excited about. This includes item boxes and green herbs for a start. Is everyone excited about this? Yeah, they look great, to be honest. They just capture the sort of classic elements. I can't wait to be on uh, on Caution Orange for the first time in 13 years. <laughs> Is Caution Orange back? I think so. Amazing. Well, one of the, uh, the the healing video is where um, he gets his green herb vial or whatever, and you just briefly see the watch, and it's like flashing red danger, which, mm. is, which is good. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's a kind of a, a natural reinvention of it. And then you see him mix the green herb and kind of form a type of spray thing to help just cure him. Pours it on him, doesn't he, or something? Mm. Yes, that was it. Sorry, yes, you're right, yeah. yeah. You get to see the first sort of hint of um, firearm play. It dispatches the baker chap, and then as he walks off, he gets up in a very sort of Mr. X style mm. as you walk away so fingers I crossed 
It's still leading to this mysterious date on the videos as well. I'm still entirely confused about what that actually means, because it just says Resident Evil in quotes with the date on it, and the date could either be 16 or 18, but the fact that there's it coming out at about a rate of one per week seems to mean this video series will end before the end of next month. Could be the release date brought forward. That's what everyone's saying, but... I can't see that because they've only just recently announced the game's 90% complete. They're still Q&Aing and bug testing and things. What happened with that um, link from um, Microsoft or whatever that the game had gone gold and you could pre-download it? Was that nonsense? I think it was just misunderstood. Okay. I think it meant that it would be available for preload at a certain day, and I think it was just put up incorrectly. Yeah. Is everyone pre-ordering? I still can't make up my mind about the VR aspect of it. I think it's just going to be too expensive for me, so I'm just going to have to I'm go the, normal. I'm the same. I'm waiting to see what sort of non-digital special edition gets released locally. It's never been announced, so... That's interesting, because I've got a few friends of friends that have purchased the VR, and it's cost them an absolute fortune to get set up. It's about 400-odd quid just to get... Because you need to play it properly, you need the headset, PlayStation Move controllers... And the camera. It just seems well expensive. And that's why presumably they're doing this tour around the world to, uh, to try and promote it. Brings us on to another bit of Biohazard 7 news with the fact that there was talk that the VR mode is going to be exclusive to the PlayStation 4 for one year. It's not a massive surprise, yeah, the, though, is it? Yeah, I was going to say, exactly the same thing. It's not that much of a surprise. For something that's kind of been focused on development on this platform, it's understandable that it'll be first, that it may not stay that way, that once the game's out, it gives them a chance to work on making that VR work for other, other platforms. I'm confused. There's all box art and Xbox release dates on PlayAsia. It's still coming out, but it's just VR modes. Oh, I see, just just the VR mode. For at least a year until it supports other platforms, which for the Xbox will be Oculus and... Yeah, yeah. It, Does Xbox support like... VR then, at the moment? Uh, not yet. Not yet, but it probably will be. The obvious question is then, if you purchase the normal one, presumably they'll be able to activate a VR in Xbox mode. It's well patched. Yeah, yeah, it'll just be a yeah. patch. You won't have to buy the game again. You won't have to buy like, a gold edition and go, oh, and I've got VR on it. I don't know. I mean, say for example, the, the example is like the kitchen demo that's just come out on the PSN. It will not work if you've not got a VR kit connected to them. Mm. You can't oh. even play it without. It just won't work. I think you can download it, but the game won't boot. It comes to a screen saying connect to the VR headset and waits for the connection to be made. So it actually physically looks for the connectors to the PlayStation. Mm. I mean, this is obviously going to be the VR's killer AAA app isn't it this game and this is what's bothering me because for you know I, i'm someone who's not interested in vr i think the whole thing's a gimmick but then the fact that i'm even considering <laughs> getting it for one game tells you a lot about like the draw of this franchise and just the idea that you know it's as close to physically being in the resident evil universe just for a little bit yeah. you know and then i just think what if they do like special modes like what if they do like a Spencer Mansion tour. Oh, don't. Yeah. Pop the VR mask on and walk around the Spencer Mansion. I mean, that's that's a day one purchase. <laughs> you know, and I mean, that's what I think. What if they do cool stuff like that? To play the game for the first time with no idea of what's going to happen in virtual reality will be an absolutely unforgettable experience. But the question is, is what's reruns going to be like in VR? I just feel like the novelty will run off quite quickly after that. Yeah, and I all, agree with that. It all depends on whether you're willing to shell out £400 for that one-off memorable mm. experience. I think if you're talking about under 100 quid, you might be a bit... You'd be, I'll go on then. Yeah, easily. 
To be honest, if it was a couple hundred quid, it would be without question, but you're looking at like double that. Because I don't think I got a clear answer when I asked the, the question, but is this a game you definitely need the camera and the move controllers for? You don't need the move controllers, but you, you do need definitely the need the camera. Mm, so that means having to show, what, what's that, 30 quid now? Yeah, the, there's a bundle, I think, as well, that puts the camera and the VR headset together for even less, slightly less. So The only strange thing about playing it in VR with the control pad... When I played the Lantern demo, you can't manually turn your character around. You sort of mm. pivots at 30 degree angles, which yeah. is a bit weird. I think all of us have played the demo except for Nick, right? The yeah, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, that's right. I haven't yeah. at all either. Okay. Yeah, you, there seems to be other VR options. I didn't get to play around with those either. It was much like what John said. I had playing with it in 30 degree separations. And I can understand someone like Paul who gets motion sickness because... Like, it didn't make me feel ill, but it still took my brain a little bit to, to correspond. Is that you could turn technically right at 30 degrees with the right stick and turn your head left at the same time. And that's really disorienting. But it seems like they've got trying to add more and more modes and options. So that, and it even comes up with a splash screen telling people that there are these modes and settings and you should fiddle around and try them and see the ones that make you the least uncomfortable. What was your experience of the VR, George? Well, I'd all focus to have your minds. It's probably quite an individual reaction. Although going on, I mean, none of you guys. I think felt it but going on Google it does seem to be well maybe a significant minority that are feeling it but I was horrendously ill afterwards I mean I nearly passed out I mean it's out of this world it is spectacular just the phenomenon um, it is so real and it's a wonderful setting for Resident Evil and I thoroughly enjoyed it but within sort of five minutes in although I think it's been put there for motion sickness this stilted movement left and right in separations of like 30 degrees that makes it feel like you know sort of like a 1970s you know tank control you know sort of pong tank game where you're just sort of moving around 360 like that it's very stilted yeah i tried to get on an up escalator going down afterwards i, I didn't know what planet i was on <laughs> and interestingly i don't know if it's linked to the motion sickness phenomenon but at egx where i played it it was very much hidden away and there was no press about it being EGX initially, the VR pods. So, you know, it was very much on the low key. I'm not sure why. I think it's mm. just because it was an, an adult game. It was the same for me. I got taken to, like, an elevator and had to go upstairs to a, a private room to play it. And when I asked why, I was just told <laughs> I was just told it was because of the adult nature of the game. We, by comparison, had a giant Sony booth. It was flashy. It was two stories. It's in the middle of the show floor. Uh, (laughs) And they had Batman and Drive Club and VR Worlds. And they had a bunch of demos for 4K and HDR. And they had the VR Until Dawn game and Resident Evil 7. See, this is the thing. Everyone walked out of there with differing feels about differing games. Like, I tried the uh, VR World stuff and it was like, you know, it's all very on rails and so is, to a certain extent the Batman one is on rails. Drive Club and VR was the one that made most people seem to feel the most sick by the sounds of us talking to the staff about it. So, which is this also what the people on the internet say. I mean, that's the difference to me. I played Resident Evil 7 in VR and while I was like, wow, it's really cool to be immersed in this world, to me it just felt like it's another option to play it, but it doesn't feel like it's necessary to play it. Like if you're going to play it without VR, you're not missing out on anything. And at least, yeah, they add in later on some sort of VR-specific modes or VR kind of content that's only really good in VR, like a tour of a location or something. It's just the way it is. It's, it doesn't. It's just another tool to play it, I think.
moving on, there is some more Resident Evil 7 news. A special edition of the core game is uh, being released. This is the Japanese limited edition that's coming out. The packaging is a burlap bag with a cream coffee printed on it and includes either the game for the Xbox One or the PlayStation 4. A limited edition Biohazard 7 inside report. Could be quite interesting. Soundtrack CD, designed like a vinyl record. A mug with Hungry Papa's burger printed on it. Green herb seeds, playing cards and a shotgun survival pack comes in at 160 US dollars. Yeah, and I think it's worth saying as well, I think it's been confirmed that that um, report is just like a behind-the-scenes book. It's not story uh, mm. or anything like that. It's like an 80-page... It's like an art book, I'm guessing, like, a bit of detail and sketches and design. One for the collection. Even they're well, bulking a little bit <laughs> at the content, I think. Has anything special been announced in PAL regions? No, so this is... I'm waiting to see if they announce anything. So far, all there is is the digital pre-order special edition, which is the same as the US and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've announced one for the US either actually to be honest well listeners will be pleased I am making the next generation upgrade come January and uh, after many months of research we are going Xbox so uh, yes it's the 4k Blu-ray that's done it so um, I'm hoping because I always miss out and always want the kind of special consoles that you can get even if they're just painted grey or something and they've got a little sticker on it you go oh no that's the that's the official Resident Evil 4 Gamecube or something like that and there's part of you that always kind of wants it so I'm hoping that there's going to be a special Xbox One S Resident Evil 7 console someone on uh, Twitter retweeted their uh, 20th anniversary PS4 and it looked really nice from the Umbrella Core bundle in Japan yeah, see things like that, that's cool. But it's very rare that you're ever in a position to go, I need a console, a new console, and, and you know, your favourite game franchise is releasing a new game. So I'm hoping, because you can get such good deals at, with FIFA and stuff at the moment for Xbox, I'm hoping they'll do something similar for Resident Evil 7. Uh, I think the final bit of news, unless I'm correct accordingly, is there's been some quick updates with regards to the uh, current Resident Evil 4 Gen ports and Resident Evil 6, which have been recently released. That's coming out on disc, which is great, on December the 1st. Uh, the ports of Resident Evil 4 to Resident Evil 6 are sold 1.5 million worldwide. It's not bad, not bad. It's pretty damn good, I think. Considering how old they are, but there we go. People are still interested. I don't know what if it's been like that there, but a lot of the places here have ended up stocking disc versions of a lot of the um, recent Capcom titles from the US anyway. So I was just on the weekend, I saw 4, 5, 6, and the two Dead Risings that have been released onto disc for here, and they're just the US versions, but of course they play on the consoles here still, so... Being um, in so that part of the world, do you get? Did you have easy access to like Japanese? No, you guys would have had easier access than we would have, which makes no sense, I know. But no, it's, ne- it's one of those things that's never really happened. As a collector, you would potentially want. I would personally want to buy Umbrella Corpse on disc. I know it's not on Xbox, and that only came out in Japan. It's a key part of Resident Evil 7's plot, but that's another <laughs> discussion. <laughs> As is whether everything should be released on disc or made on digital. Resident Evil Vendetta's trailer has been released. Uh, a rather brooding shot of Leon walking through. Very uncharacteristically loud, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> 
through a uh, suspiciously familiar looking environment, what did everyone think of the trailer? I think it looks good. good, but it's just exactly the same as Resident Evil 1, isn't it? It's just swapped, <laughs> well, I think swapped. that's intentional. Yeah, it is, but it's I think it'll bit, flip it on its head. Maybe the mansion aspect's only going to be in it for 10-15 minutes, I don't know, but it looked good. I'm pleased it's obviously going to be more slow-paced and a more horror-orientated story, which is uh, mm. always welcome. And we have a brief glimpse at the villain. And we can start guessing now. Frederick? Most people are going for that, yeah. There would be a degree of sense in that. But then, I mean, Damnation is, I suppose, a, a sequel of sorts to Degeneration, but there's not a lot of similarities between them. They don't follow a similar thread, so there's, there's no real reason why it would be downing in, the, in this one. Well, it would sort of make sense in the fact that some people maybe watch the CG movies, but don't necessarily play the games. So they would at least know who he is if they did bring him back. But someone actually brightened up the picture, and when you get a proper look at him, it does look a bit similar, but I think he's just too young. Too young. But there's no correlation. as It's not like this is a trilogy, you know, in that sense. But I think you know, there's no with, overarching plot. But with Chris and Leon involved, my money is just on a new character, possibly being related to the family from Resident Evil 6. I can't think of anyone other than them who would want to pursue any kind of vendetta against Leon or Chris. Unless That's true. Unless yep. they just invent someone completely new and shoehorn him into past events like Sir Guy. Perhaps it's the cameraman that Chris knocks over in China that's getting his vendetta. <laughs> the instant reaction to the look of Chris in that trailer is pretty funny too. Well, he does look ridiculous. That sort of thing normally doesn't bother me, but I must admit it does look awful. I don't know why they just didn't import like the Resident Evil 6 models and just you know enhance them. If it is someone from the family, this could be a good opportunity to get rid of the family storyline quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because Unless going anywhere with it, they might cleverly retcon it into the mysterious guy in Damnation. Yeah, that would be good. Well, I think that concludes the news. We now move over to our main discussion for the evening: a revisiting of Biohazard One. Wesker, you did a fine job, Barry. Just as I thought. I think you should stay away from Barry, Jill. I hear that his wife and two daughters will be in danger if he doesn't do everything I tell him to. You are so cruel. Well, you don't have to worry about anything, because you'll be free from this world very soon, Jill. Why do you have to destroy stars? That's Umbrella's intention. This laboratory has been engaging in dangerous experiments, and recently an accident has occurred. Anyway, this disaster cannot be made public. That's why having stars nosing about is so inconvenient. So you're a slave of Umbrella now, along with these virus monsters. I think you misunderstand me, Jill. To me, the monsters you mentioned mean nothing. I'm going to burn all of them together with this entire laboratory. I must complete my mission as ordered by Umbrella. Barry, go up on the ground and wait there. Barry! Barry's such a fool. He'll be under the control of Umbrella forever. How come both Umbrella and you can intimidate him by taking his family as hostages? Umbrella? Well, I intimidated him, but it had nothing to do with Umbrella. I just used him for my personal purposes, though both you and Barry seem to think I was following orders from Umbrella. So you're planning something else? If you succeeded in developing the world's most powerful biological weapon, what would you do? 
What if you were in charge? You must stop this now. You're a brave girl. But if I were you, I wouldn't give up such a big discovery. You guys are idiots. No one understands its real value. So, you're going to steal all the research? <laughs> Better yet, I'm going to show you the time. So, as mentioned earlier, details are now here. This podcast is to celebrate Resident Evil 1 because it is, of course, the forebearer of this great franchise. We've done Resident Evil 1 to death. However, what we wanted to do in this podcast was to get all our podcasters to take on a different version of the game. There's quite a few that's been released over the years. So we can all kind of discuss what that particular player does with the game, any particular quirks that they have playing it, any routes they take. Obviously, you can choose between what players. Uh, any special memorable encounters that they had playing this time around, you know, after so many years of the game coming out, was anything that took them by surprise? And maybe any tips as well that players may want to share with our podcasters. It's truly a celebratory mood, highlighting the genius that is the first game. And certainly it's etchings in the survival horror history that we all know and love. So if we just quickly go around the table telling all our listeners what version of the game they played, um, I'll start off by saying I played Deadly Silence on the DS. This is the second attempt I've had at playing it. But this time I had the uh, privilege of playing it on a 3DS. That may seem silly because obviously you can't play it 3D. But because it's a 3DS XL, the screen size is so much bigger. I found it sometimes quite unplayable on the DS normal one uh, or the DS Lite or something, whatever it was. But to play it on the 3DS, a whole new different ball game. I loved it. So I played the DS version. George Trevor, what version did you play? Sorry, I was just thinking longingly about how I used to play it on the DS XL. It's a wonderful game to play in that way, but I'm jealous of that because I played the original well, PlayStation Director's Cut. Ah, the Director's Cut, excellent. That's a notably different game, of course. Didn't have, well, get on if it didn't have a great time with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stars Tyrant, what version did you play? I did Chris Redfield on the Sega Saturn version, um, which comes with its own nice little exclusive features. Uh, which we'll get later. Excellent. Also, a podcast question coming up. Never mind. Excellent. That's good news. Uh, Batman, what version did you play? I played Director's Cut with Jill on the advanced mode, which was a terrible, terrible mistake. Just <laughs> 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 advanced mode. That's just is that just the hard difficulty? Yeah. But it changes the items. Yeah. And finally, Rombi, what version did you play? Uh, I played the PSX original long box edition from America. So the, basically the first US release ever made. Fantastic. Lots of different versions that we all looked at. And no doubt we all enjoyed the introduction going back to the opening crawl. Wouldn't it be good if they had the cast call for every game going forward? Oh. <laughs> I always laugh when I see it because it's one of those things I always forget about every time I, I start to play it. You know, and everybody remembers the sort of ridiculous opening movie, but then when the <laughs> goes past the screen, I just think, oh my god, we're going to go through this. That's brilliant. And of course, the director's cut version has the uncensored version, and it just gets so rebellious with Chris taking a drag. So, who wants to go first with what they experienced? We'll start with Rombi. I think one of the things we should probably mention is, is how recent we'd played the game previously. I'd actually played the game sneakily about three times in the last 12 months or so. 
for varying reasons. Um, so it was reasonably fresh in my mind, which was helpful. Okay. Um, I went with Jill because she's the easier option. Last time I played with Chris, I found it slightly harder. The early releases, obviously, the systems that have been placed, they're not, you don't have like auto-aim and all that sort of stuff, which makes the game increasingly harder. And it was a reasonably fast playthrough, all things considered. I actually managed to remember most of the game. Well, I want to talk in detail about things, but I think I have to wait until see what see, see what everyone else says about certain elements. John had a good leader because I think he, he was saying that he regretted playing uh, Jill's advance mode. Yeah, uh, I couldn't even remember the last time I played the original game. I downloaded it off the PSN several years ago and I've tried playing it a couple of times but it's always resulted in me turning it off after 10 minutes so this was the first time I sat down and played it properly for a number of years and I started with Jill just because Barry's a legend in the original oh. game and once the, all the opening cutscenes are out of the way my first order of business as I assume it is for most people is to go straight and get the shotgun and the first thing that struck me that I can't remember anything is I thought I'll go to the bathroom and get the small key out of the bath and then I remember Jill had the lockpick and I thought oh well there'll be a zombie in the bath at least and then I forgot that was just remake only and there was a, a Beretta clip on the sink so I thought I'll get that and that triggered a zombie to appear behind in the mirror it does which, in the director's which, cut yeah. yeah I think is a director's cut exclusive yeah, so that's interesting so in the, in the DS version i was expecting the bath i couldn't remember what but as you walk into that bathroom you walk to the mirror and he just suddenly appears in the mirror not in the bath but coming out of the bath the 3ds because did you play the arrange mode nick or whatever yes yes, yeah yeah. that the rebirth mode that actually does have some of the uh, advanced mode camera angles and things like that in it Carry on, Beth. So, and that zombie's pretty much right on you from the beginning. Yes. And I forgot how sort of sluggish the controls were. And when you play advanced mode, you know, one bite from a zombie and you're, you're struggling. <laughs> so I nearly died at my very first encounter in the game. But uh, <laughs> I managed to get further round to get the shotgun. And again, something I completely forgot, and I think is again exclusive to Director's Cut. In the lounge where you get the shotgun off the wall, I'm pretty sure in the original game that room is empty. And likewise, yep. Yep. likewise yeah. in uh, remake, but in director's cut, there's three zombies in there. Zombies, yeah. Uh, and the DS, and the DS version as well. Yeah. So I was in shitloads of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I managed to get out, and I was on, uh, I was on Red Danger, and let's just say it never really got much better from there. That's a good place to take a tactical pause because I think we can all go through what everyone's initial playthroughs is bats you mentioned that once it all gets going you you make a beeline for the shotgun i tend to hang around a bit i try and do the emblem puzzle as quickly as possible and and kind of hang around there trigger the zombie scene where barry blows his head off get all the clips then sort myself out over there do the piano get all that sorted then trigger the cut scene in the uh, in the main hall then go and get the shotgun sorry which cut scene in the main hall when wesker goes missing but you have to do that one don't you before you can go and get the shotgun Oh, yeah, I suppose you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you know, you're right. You're, uh, the um, the DS version, yeah, we get that lovely scene in the bathroom and in the shotgun room. There's at least three zombies in there, and it was quite interesting playing it because I thought this is very different to the game. And I started to panic when the roof came in. And I thought, do you think Barry's going to rescue me? And he had that kind of moment. Oh, is he going to go? Is he going to go? But he did. But yeah, I, I tend to hang around on the west wing first, sort that bit out, then go to the east wing and take care of the dogs. My experience with the DS was is good. I think it's um, it, it makes a huge difference having a big screen to play on. Um, I think George was indicating that as well when he played on his DS XL. But the DS, of course, makes a good example of the map being on the top screen, which is quite useful. And um, item management control is quite easy if you want to use the stylus and things like that. 
I'll come on to a bit later about the specific rebirth mode, because I, I think I remain quite traumatised. <laughs> when the wife says, what on earth are you doing? And nothing, dear, just blowing into my DS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that a euphemism? I wish it was, but you know what? It's um, yeah, that was horrific, really. But um, what do you do, Sean, in the early stages of the game? Playing as Chris, you obviously can't make a beeline for the shotgun, so I always go and see Rebecca first in the save room. But I always make sure with Chris, and and it actually went successfully um, this time to knife the first zombie and get the two extra clips from Kenneth. Otherwise, the initial sections as Chris are a real pain if you can't clear some safety routes. Because like the, uh, what do you call it, a west wing upper corridor where Rebecca's save room is, that has three zombies in it as Chris. And if you don't grab those clips from Kenneth, it's really difficult. So I, what I tend to do is yeah, I, I get Rebecca, get her started on the Moonlight Sonata, and then go and with the sword key in tow, go and get the broken shotgun and go and have to do the exchange. That's interesting, because if you don't kill that zombie near Kenneth in the corridor, he eventually eats Kenneth's legs, doesn't he? Yeah, and so the, he... the clips aren't available, yeah. yeah. Like he eats the clips. Yeah. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. That's what I love about this game, just always finding out new things. I never knew that. Oh, that's, that's a great detail. That's why it's always important to do. I only got what bitten once, yeah. so I was quite pleased. Uh, but previous to that, I'd actually played it at the beginning of the year uh, on the PlayStation. This was the first time playing the Saturn in about a Saturn version about ten years. Does it handle well with a Saturn controller? Yeah, it plays exactly the same as the PlayStation. It's a great game. Tank controls aren't a problem with it. I don't know what everyone moans about. <laughs> uh, George, what do you do in early stages of the game? How do you play? Um, well, I never play the same way. Well, I mean, I play remake all the time. I don't play the original. I was interested listening to Batman because this initially almost was a chore to get through because I kept turning it off after 10 minutes. I was disappointed how pixelated it looks anyway, downloading it on PlayStation Network for my PS3. Maybe someone can tell me why we can't get the character models that the PC has. Because I was playing the director's cut version, I wanted to see the difference compared with the original. So I had the original playing on YouTube and the guy was playing the PC version and the character models are wonderful. I mean, they're an absolute mess. I mean, they literally looks like they're suffering from the G-Virus. It's like constantly changing someone's thrown up all pixels over their body there's three reasons one it's a direct port of the original playstation pal version of the game assuming you've got the local store version uh so it's exactly one to one of that secondly you're looking at a game that came out in 1996 on a tv you know that's upscaling it and has no smoothing and it's it's a different monitor to be watching it on and thirdly the pc version while yes the the models have been increased and everything's been increased. The backgrounds are the same. The controls haven't changed. Like Fundamentally, everything about the PC version is the same, barring the cleanness of the character models. But the models themselves haven't changed greatly. They're actually, it's just the way they're displayed. That's interesting to know because I actually had to turn the sharpness down on my settings on the telly right the way down to zero. But the, I, again, it might be unfair because like you said, Rombie, it was, it was a game, you know, all those years ago but when i play resident evil 2 i immediately connect with it straight away and get immersed in it and you know hearing the music in the rpd when i walk in for the first time always sends shivers down my spine uh, that might be something to do with the fact that was the first resident evil game i played on the n64 but it seems to be struggling as what game it wants to be because you talk about those credits at the beginning and it's kind of like an action 80s film with the introduction of the characters and then suddenly it's kind of like a haunted investigation in this spooky mansion i found it difficult to connect with a lot of the time because it was quite bland and i kept obviously telling myself be aware you know judge it on how it was at the, at the time you know i think batman mentioned to me in a facebook chat you know it was out of this world that you know how it was received at the time it was the most magnificent game i think it dates a lot more 
than Resident Evil 2, definitely for me. Well, that's why it got the remake. But what order did you kind of do it in, or did you did you open the front door? To do it again, it's one of those things that I only discovered about two years into being remake obsessively. That we, you know, and that as well when you open the door, the dogs run into the <laughs> yeah. Because I, I thought that was an Easter egg. I never play it the same way sort of once, and you know, I never have that a specific route of going. I did because I mean, you mentioned the difficulty. Yeah, is so much harder than I remembered. So I found myself going straight to going, you know, to get the shotgun, and. Yeah, and, and again, found very quickly that I was running out of, even though there's a lot of herbs around, found that I was running out of health very quickly. Yeah, I was playing as Jill on just normal mode on the director's cut. I can't remember if that's any different. It's the same. He, he would have been, in theory, playing the same version I was on the original release, with the only addition being auto away. Yeah, so, I, could, I didn't notice really any differences. In particular, I was looking up for differences in the camera angles, but I didn't really notice many. No, the only ones are in the uh, advanced mode. John, you didn't use the advanced mode cheat, I'm guessing, too. <laughs> I've heard about this. I remember. Which is what? Remind me. Uh, on the title screen, when you highlight advance, you hold right, I think it is, for like 10, 15 seconds, and the text turns green. Uh, no. And I think it doubles doubles your ammo. No, I didn't, but I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, excellent. So, okay, so that's kind of early stages. I'll take the time just to go back to DS, talk about the rebirth mode. So, interesting that you were talking about the, the models, you know, slightly pixelated. I was actually slightly impressed uh, in rebirth mode. I thought the zombies looked quite good when they uh, when, when they come at you, and you've got to start slashing them with the knife. I thought there was quite a lot of detail on them. It was enhanced a, bit, a little bit, wasn't it? I think when you first play it, and I think the first time I encounter the first person mode is when you go into the picture painting room. No, I lie. I tell filthy lies. It's when you go into the, just off the main hall, where the map is. It's quite good fun. The feedback is quite good. They seem to correlate quite nicely with your swiping, and, and it's not just left, right. You can do up and down and diagonal, you know, and it seems to have an effect. What becomes annoying, it becomes very tedious, because a room I always go into is the one just by the back door exit. That corridor, that's another room where they come in and it goes into first person mode. Doing it once or twice is fine, but every time you go into this room it seems to come back i'm like oh my god i've had enough i've had enough and whilst the zombies themselves aren't difficult it's when you've suddenly got the crows coming at you and even worse the cerberus to try and time that right on top of a zombie coming in can be quite tricky and we've only got your bloody knife it becomes quite hard but it's more so the repetition of it over and over again and you you just want to start avoiding that corridor yeah it got old quite quickly that's what i found as well for me I almost found myself feeling guilty that, you know, I was kind of feeling that way, but then kept thinking back to my Resident Evil 2 experience, which, you know, didn't, how many years after that? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that many years after that game, and it was still on the same generation of console, that game, and that just doesn't feel as dated at all. Never feels like it, like it gets old. came out less than two years. I mean, you played the N64 version, obviously, which was in another... 18 months later, almost two, actually two years later, sorry, than that. But yeah, it wasn't that long after. And then, of course, you have the defining moment in Rebirth Mode when you come across Richard, who's been attacked by Yawn, and he needs mouth-to-mouth, and he needs mouth-to-mouth now. <laughs> and it, it's a strange idea. I assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, they got a new voice actor to do that. Well, I know in the remake, Joe White did both Richard and Chris Redfield. I don't know about the because original. We, we have new dialogue here. There is new dialogue, but it's a new actor and it just clumsily changes from the classic dialogue to the new one. Ah, uh, is that what like, it is? No effort to disguise it. Oh, I don't know. I, was, um, I, I didn't notice it as much. Well, I, I certainly noticed there's new dialogue, but I didn't, um, didn't necessarily notice the change of voice. But yes, you then get the scene of 
Richard's body going up and down, and then you've got to suddenly start blowing into the microphone, which took a good couple of minutes to actually find it on a DS. I was like, where the where the fad is this? So I was looking around, up, you know, trying to find the, the hole, and then you start going. <laughs> but then if you do too much, it goes like that, and blood starts pouring out of his rib cage. No, no, no. So it's controlled blowing on your DS, and I, it's a surreal experience, I have to say. And it has to be consistent, as it. And you know, fair play to the developers for using a microphone in in that way. But yeah, you have a, his heart techograph thing going up. I mean, you've got to make sure that's got to go up to fine. Uh, before he suddenly then starts his telling Jill how dangerous his house is. Um. So this is the thing I've always loved is this vision of sometime a few years back they're on a train, there was a bunch of Japanese businessmen and they're all going (laughs) (laughs) into their 3DS or their DS on the train, you know, and there's all these people sitting around and going, what the hell are they doing? (laughs) There were some people who didn't want that embarrassment and just let Richard die. (laughs) But yes. So what is the outcome? So like, if you don't do it, he dies. But because if you do it, he dies anyway. Is there? A, does it actually benefit you at all? I don't know if it's just a remake. Don't you? If, if he survives, then you have the opportunity of getting his gun when he then sacrifices himself. No, later. you don't get that. Doesn't he give you a code for the clock, and you can get some shotgun shells or something? Yes, and that was the new code. He goes, I've, I've changed, I've changed the time on the clock to. Hold on, I remember it in a minute. Uh, four twelve. And you go, okay, thanks. Yeah, and then he starts saying, this house is dangerous. You're like, okay, yeah, I can see that, mate. (laughs) (laughs) It made him sound like some sort of gypsy queen. (laughs) What I would add, you said that the model's improved. I would agree. You can actually see the bite marks quite clearly. Yeah, I noticed that. On the body. The big snake. Which is nice. Yeah. Yeah, your vision is the benefit. They increased the models because they had to do, obviously, the zombies for first person and, and monsters and stuff. And, and also, you're seeing it on a much smaller screen that, that kind of scales that resolution quite nicely as sure. well. It's like... sure. For me, one of the biggest draws of the, the knifing mode was to see in the rooms from a, a new perspective. Yeah, they like, did. Like, yeah, they held up. They did hold up, yeah. And, and like, re-rendered some new angles, which was cool. Yeah. Another feature is the, um, the puzzle jewellery boxes which you get in every save room. Oh, um, yeah, and you've got to do touchscreen puzzles, haven't you? Yeah, and there's there's an electronic connecting one, and then the, the clock. And it, it's nice little touches like that as you as you play through the game. That You go, oh, yeah, this is quite nice. It's, it's tiny little things, but it, it still feels quite like it, it's from the original. You wouldn't have necessarily known it wasn't. which gives it a, a lot more credence, I suppose. But We'll come back to some other examples um, later on. I suppose that takes us up to the snake bit. Did anyone have any experiences leading up to Yawn's battle? Yeah, it all went quite well, although he did clip me as I was just got to the door. I had to trigger Rebecca to come and save me. What a bastard. I'd managed to weave in and out, not fire the single bullet, grab the crest, and just as I got to the door, he just did a lunge. It was so annoying. I've never not been bitten by him. I'm afraid I'm not that good. <laughs> it's more restricted in there, isn't it? It's much harder than the remake version. Yeah, because the yawn doesn't, it barely moves in the remake, really. And I'm sure there's like an extra wooden barrier in the original, so you yeah. have to literally run right past it. There's a way to get him jammed so that he takes ages to get around and don't quote me this because I might be completely right. I think if you go down to the right hand side and you stay kind of just slightly behind one of the pillars he goes to the opposite side. He always goes up the right hand side the first time and he kind of sits there and kind of slides back and forth a little bit and you wait and you kind of get stuck there making a decision. If you wait until he's like sliding backwards and then starts to go forwards and you run for the corner he 
he still continues to do that for a little bit longer before finally working out that, oh, I need to go round. And then by that stage, you've grabbed the crest and you can basically follow his tail out back out the door. Oh, so I, I got and stuck in that's the best, easiest way. Yeah. It, but you can't get stuck, that's the thing. You have to do this in a smooth movement. You know, If you get stuck or clipped on anything as well, it'll slow you down. You'll likely get bitten or attacked at least once. When I went in there, I managed to run past it and get... Cause it's only half a crest in there when you're on director's cut mode. In the yeah. Uh, in the attic, yeah. And then when you come yeah. out, half a crest. Half a crest, yeah. And then when I got back out, I managed to run past him, but then I got caught where his tail was, and it wouldn't let me past. And he sort of turned round and came back at me. And bear in mind, I'd just used the first aid spray. I was on green fine. He leant forward and swallowed me whole. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even know he could do that. There's two things about that. One is that you've pointed on is that they've changed the um you can't walk through his tail anymore no. so you, you can do that in the original and um yeah i was gonna say you can get in jill's game especially because she's got the lowered house had you used a first ace play and not been attacked at all so it was literally you had just used it yeah I, that I, i've never heard of i used it just before well i used it about five minutes beforehand and i hadn't got hit so i was i was definitely on green fine um, and I managed to run past wow. him without getting hit, then, get the crest, and then he got me on the way back out. Wow, I've never heard that. I've heard of it happening if you've been like you've been on green, but you're not actually at 100. percent mm. But that wow. yellow fine, I bring back yellow fine because he can't do that in remake, can he? Or can he? No, no, no I don't think I don't so. Think I'm not can. from full health. But then hunters couldn't do their death leaps on green fine, could they? In the remake? No. And they can do that on as well, and especially in advanced mode. That's my bane of my existence in that version. <laughs> um, the other thing I was going to say, John, the thing that always gets me that's nearby the snake is uh, when you come into the hallway just beforehand with the stairs leading up to the attic, and there's that zombie around the corner in the hallway, and he yeah. pops. He literally just pops into frame. That's um, true. He, you can't see him. And every single bloody time I forget that thing is there <laughs> until it appears. I don't know why I forget it, but it always gets me. Add to that in advanced mode, there's two more in there. Literally, as soon as you walk in yeah. the door, they're stood right in front of you. And it, you have to have the shotgun ready as you go in. Or, if you're like me and you don't know that they're literally run into their arms and get bit. <laughs> I forgot. You know the, the um, green wallpaper corridor? And the one round the corner? The one round the corner by the tiger statue. There's hundreds in there. There's hundreds of zombies, it seems. I was like, yeah, done it. <laughs> like that. And I was like, oh, shit. Totally forgot about oh, it. Was that by the little nook with the statue? Yes, or the yeah. one, yeah, okay. So I think there's one of the advanced mode by the um the plant with the, the greenhouse as well. They've done the same way that when the camera angle changes to the up angle, all of a sudden you realise there's one right by the door that doesn't move. There's another one, so just going back to the attic, I'm sure there's another one that if you avoid him in the room where you have to use the lighter, that he'll follow you back out into the hallway. Mm. Like, if you don't kill him and you come back past later, he actually comes out of the room and comes down the hallway. So that means really? a third one in there, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple of instances like that. In uh, there's another one in the opposite wing, near the researcher's bedroom with the fish tank. If you go in the outer room there from the corridor That's... at the top of the stairs, uh... one of the zombies will follow you through the door and smoke cuts you. George, how did you get on in that part of the world? Well, again, like you mentioned before, I, I found certain areas a little bit 
plans. I didn't have the problem of, you know, comparing it to remake. I mean, if anything, it felt like almost a completely different game. I don't want to bring it down. You know, the voice acting was terrible. Um, <laughs> it was always like this comical. And I almost was like forcing myself to like get into the atmosphere. And in fact, I felt like in the certain rooms where you get the distinctive music, it almost felt like it was telling me how I should be feeling. I was getting that from the music rather than, you know, anything else. And it was sort of this section on where I started to get bored almost realizing that I didn't want to leave the mansion and go in and start the residence section because yeah by this stage I kind of I really felt myself uh, losing interest in it oh no mm. this is terrible mm. <laughs> I, I was the complete opposite the game completely wandered me over with its atmosphere I actually realised I prefer entire sections of the original game to the remake. Wow. I think exclusively all the guardhouse I think is better in the original in terms of atmosphere and its the music design right. and look. I quite I... like the fact that it looks like the guardhouse in the original looks like, like a set off the thing or something, whereas it's a bit too dilapidated and ruined in the remake, I think. I would I agree like that a slightly the... livable space, yeah. For me, the weakest section of, of the remake is the guardhouse, so I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. We'll talk about the guardhouse because that's are always good. Could I just say, since when does um, Forest suddenly come alive? That took me by surprise. That's a advanced mode difference from Director's Cup. Because I went in there going, grab the bazooka as it is affectionately called, and with their explosive rounds, which is only in that game and no other game, and waiting for the crows. And I thought, I'm wrong there. Got to correct you there. Explosive rounds were in three. No, they weren't. They are. No, they are. Grenade rounds. Fight, fight, fight. It's passive. <laughs> no, Resident Evil 2 grenade bearing rounds. Three other standard um, single shot things. But explosive rounds. They didn't have a they grenade rounds. They're the fucking same! I don't care, they're a different colour. No, they're both packaged as grey, aren't they? No, no, grenade rounds have got a slightly blue tint. They've got a blue <laughs> side, and explosive oh, rounds have always been... Is this, is this a question in the quiz? <laughs> No, no, no. Anyway, so I went to pick the bazooka and wait for the crows, and suddenly a bloody forest stands up. I was like, oh shit. And another thing I found with Rebirth is I got a lot of headshots with a handgun. Mm. Maybe one Again, in. advanced mode feature that's been pulled across. Yeah, I mean, I'd say one in 20 that I was getting headshots. It was quite satisfying pulling the standard handgun on Forest and off pops his head. Is he a stronger zombie? I'm sure he's. Yeah, he is, yeah. That was quite satisfying. He's faster as well, isn't he? Much faster. Yeah, a good moment I, I enjoyed. <laughs> I was just going to ask, where was the armour key in all your versions? Because that's where it is in advanced mode. It's on Forrest's body. And it took me ages to actually find it. Greenhouse in the Saturn version, but then the Saturn version is based on the original PlayStation, so rhombies would have been the same. Yes, in the fireplace. Um, oh, hold on. Uh, is it in the fireplace? No, it's, sitting, it's just sitting in the... Um... No, it's in the greenhouse no. with the point where you've got to poison the plant with the herbicide. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Think of the last key. In the uh, greenhouse with the plant, you have to poison it, yeah. Where the crest is in remake. No. Oh, that's right, you have to take the crest and put it, yeah, no, that's right. It will be. Okay, so we'll move on to, I suppose, the courtyard and uh, guardhouse. Anyone have any particular feelings about that? I always found it weird as a garden that it had lifts. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't quite understand. You know, how is, are we on a hill here? Cause you never really get the understanding. Um... Interestingly, in Rebirth mode, you get a first-person mode here with Cerberus jumping at you, which is bloody hard with the knife. 
you've got to time that quite well. And interestingly, you get baby spiders straight away as you come into the garden. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Normally, I think it's just a couple of Cerberus in the first garden bit once you come out of the mansion. But here, you're suddenly attacked by just the baby spiders, not the big ones. They pounce on you and things like that. So, But yeah, I've always enjoyed the um, the courtyard. Anyone have any experiences in there that you wanted to share? Just the bloody dogs. They're a, a right pain in the ass. The first death I had was very early on because in Jill's game... You can actually get into the art gallery straight away. I think in other versions you need the armour key, but Jill can lock it with a lockpick. And when you get mm. the crest from the picture puzzle, and I, I still think that version of the picture puzzle is better than the remake one, yep. the, um, from birth to death or whatever it is. Yep. So when I got that crest, I thought, well, I'll go and put it in the door straight away. And in the corridor, connecting corridor to the shed, there's, yep. there's two dogs, and all you need to do is get hit by one of them and pinned to the ground by the other, and it's game over straight away. Did you have a crow as well? I had a crow. I had no crows, just dogs, but uh, straight away in advanced mode, especially if you're Jill, you know, one or two hits and you're on the, the lower spectrum of the caution. And of course in the courtyard later on you do get the quite famous hunter scene, mm. and the, the FMV. Going to places you've not been to, Yeah. <laughs> jumping up uh, passages and lifts that you haven't yet got. Um, interestingly, uh, in Remake, there's a Neptune in the courtyard. Is there? Yeah. <laughs> what, just flapping around on the floor? Yeah. Why not? What? <laughs> It's true. Can you drown when you empty the water out? No, 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 that would make sense, Rob. This is, this is, <laughs> when you first go down the lift, uh, yeah, the first lift, you hear the, of the dogs, right, ready, right, and you kind of lurch forward, you can take them out, and then suddenly you hear a kind of, you're like, what the fuck's that? And yeah, it's just a Neptune, randomly flapping around, guarding the, the waterfall with a passage down into the catacombs. I'm guessing they're trying to imply that when you emptied the water, it was in the water at the top, and it was emptied with the water. No, because that's, that's the next bit. No, when you were first coming down oh, yeah, from yeah, yeah, yeah. the top, you empty the water, you have to use the crank on the tank to, in order to get the path across. So obviously you emptied the water into the waterfall, which creates what was what's creating the waterfall. You emptied the shark, just dumped the shark out. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. God. But it was in a I don't remember there being a shark here. But there we go. <laughs> it wasn't. It's not on guy. No. But I'd, I'd say the, <laughs> the courtyard is pretty much... It's quite straightforward, isn't it? It's pretty much the same as the remake. I don't think the remake changed the layout at all of the courtyard. Pretty much, no. I think the path to the greenhouse is slightly altered, but not too much. Mm. Uh, to the guardhouse, sorry. As you walk to the guardhouse, I was taken out by a crow, because you've got a real stupid overhead camera angle. So yeah, that exists in the original, is the overheads, and there was uh, there's dogs on the original. That's and, really and hard. Snakes. Really hard, that, that crow, because you can't see if it's... La- sometimes it lands near to you, but it's really hard. It's a real top-down view as to whether it's landed or is it still kind of floating in the air. And, yeah, he took me out a few times to pass. Just, just die, stupid... Oh dear! But yeah, eventually you make it to the guardhouse with its kick-ass music, mm. genuinely creepy music. So I always have a love-hate relationship with the guardhouse. It was the first point in the game where I really didn't want to play it anymore. Not because I didn't like it, but this was back in the day because it, it petrified me. The music going into some of the little small rooms. There's feasts, feasts of zombies feasting on other dead zombies. And then you've got spiders, you've got Plant 42. If you think about it, it's a bizarre game, isn't it? No other Resident Evil game quite has that level of oversized monsters, apart from maybe Zero, maybe? Zero, yeah. You've got, yeah. You've got a giant shark, giant plant, giant snake. Very organic. 
very organic. Yeah, it was. Um, I'll always love the guardhouse. Creepy as hell. Could argue. I was going to say you could also argue outbreak to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's quite a lot in there, isn't there? Especially in the zoo and stuff like that. Yeah. I would agree with the point Sean made earlier, though. I think the guardhouse is better in this version. It's a lot brighter. It, it looks lived in. Whereas in remake, I think they tried a bit too hard to make it look like a creepy, haunted, dilapidated old building. Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily have been that, would it? Because no. it is. But you can understand the mansion being quite creepy, you know. Yeah, it's just like workers' dormitories, isn't it? But playing this game, really, it's it's reminded me really just how bright it is overall. I mean, even the main mansion, it's a lot brighter than what I remember, you know, for a horror game. That's the thing, it's what gives it a really unique atmosphere. I think it's very unique to the original, whereas the remake is almost just borderline typical horror movie setting, with the lightning coming through the windows and, uh, you know, it, there's just something deeply unsettling about the brightness about how well lit everything is in, in the original and I really think it's unique to that game. I don't think any other game in the series has tried to do anything quite yeah. like that in terms of just atmosphere building. So, so, so I wonder why that is because I one of the things I absolutely detest about Resident Evil 5 is the brightness but going back to this one Sean's absolutely right because I, I think in a similar way you know the, the setting in The Shining I think most, unless I'm wrong, most of that is kind of takes place in the daytime. It was very bright. The corridors, the the sinister sort of insidious exploration the boy does in that is during the daytime, and that's kind of how I feel with this game as well. Like you say, it's quite quite unnerving the brightness. The only other thing I've ever seen in the franchise that reminded me of that was the original Nintendo 64 version of Zero. Yes, yeah. it had like a very bright, vivid color palette to its to its look when it was supposed to be on the N64 that obviously went back to the muted colours kind of closer to the remake when it went to GameCube. Mm. But I would say the guardhouse certainly lived in. You've got toilets for a start and bedrooms. Uh, there's a snooker table. And again, it all goes back to the colours, you know, the whole, a pool table, should I say. It was very bright. And that, that was completely optional, that puzzle, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 It just makes <laughs> the Plant 42 fight easier. Mm. Eagle-eyed viewers of episode 26 of the podcast, which is the live podcast that came live from George Trevor's house, would note that we actually set up his pool table in, exa- <laughs> in exactly the same way as that of the remake. I, I still remember Batman spending, I think it was a little bit too long, trying to put up a plastic gun above my mirror. Plastic shotgun, yeah. Yeah, it was a yeah, plastic shotgun. Yeah. Nobody, nobody got these references. No, nobody. wasted, wasted. <laughs> Never mind. So, did anyone have any particular... I mean, as I said, I always found Plant 42 to be ridiculous in some ways. Did it, it in four shots and no hits. It was amazing. Yeah, was, it's a lot easier in this version, I think. Yeah, it's, very, it's quite hard in Remake, isn't it? And I was, I was trying to remember the sort of branching paths, because Remake seems to be a lot linear. Like, I seem to remember in Remake, if you go in the guardhouse as Jill, you get the cutscene with Barry talking to Wesker in one of the bedrooms pretty much every time you play it. Whereas in this version of the game, you don't get it unless you've done events in a certain order. Like, I didn't get it this time. I think the only way to do it is to not have Barry rescue you from the room. Yeah from the shotgun room I think that's what triggers it it's like a pathway where it's a theme so in that version there's like less trust between Jill and Barry so therefore she's distrustful of all of his actions and so it's stuff like finding him with that partial note in the mansion with the room with the fish tank mm. where he's destroyed half of it and yeah yep. talking to Wesker and the, and the guardhouse and stuff all seem to come from that pathway line I also think it's ridiculous because I think everything up to the plant seemed quite natural. You know, to suddenly see a plant alive, the T virus, was, was, I found quite weird at the point. I was like, what? 
but you, you get some good explanation for it in the files, I think. It doesn't just come out of nowhere, which is good. That's exactly what I was going to say. I remember the first time, 20 years ago, for the first time ever playing through it, you were slowly making your way through and you were finding each of these files that kind of was hinting towards something. I think the whole thing hints to this, um, the outbreak potentially coming from somewhere outside of the mansion. So you were kind of like, well, where, where is this going? So that adds that dread of going to the guardhouse in case that's where it's come from. And then as you get there, there's more of these notes about the research and this plant and how it's, it seems like it's gotten out of control. And yeah, it, it builds itself up really well. Isn't like the George's notes or someone's notes or the true story behind Biohazard indicates that Plant 42 had been there for a long time? Yeah, that's, mm. just a, that's just an error, that. Because it's a point but, you can argue that the plant he saw wasn't Plant 42, but uh, the stairway to the sunflower, that maybe that, you know, Brandon Bailey or someone brought it back to the mansion. Because yeah. Plant 42 wouldn't have existed then, would it, really? No. But you get some nice foreshadowing, don't you? Like we've already mentioned how the guardhouse is a lot brighter, it's not as dilapidated, but you still get these roots that are snaking along the ceiling and like plant vines hanging down in various rooms. So you know something botanical is coming. Oh, and, yes. and obviously the plant vines that attack you through the floor are yeah, still there. Of course, so. yeah. 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 And I always like in the original that you can either go through the double doors to fight Plant 42 where you kind of, you know, big double doors, like, okay, something's big. Or if you're particularly unfortunate, you've gone through the uh, one of the um, dormitories that's got an entrance into that room, and then suddenly you're confronted with this. You go, oh, shit, I wasn't prepared for that. Because you get, you get the music, don't you? The mm. When you fight a boss, you get it with a black tiger as well a bit later on. So I um, always like the two entrances. But then I suppose you're going to go down to my favourite point of the, of the guardhouse, which is, of course, the uh, the sharks and the Neptune part, which is always good. I think the music, that piece of music, will never, ever be matched in Resident Evil. That kind of... Yeah. Genuinely petrifying. And obviously you get the cutscene, don't you, of it swimming up right behind you. Yeah. I think that tank as well is a lot more realistic than the, to be honest, a bit over-the-top aqua ring. It, yes. As much as I like, yeah. I liked in Remake having more shark, more good, but it, it was a bit over-the-top. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely gigantic, isn't it, the aqua ring? It, whereas it's a little bit more believable, I think, in the original, that they would just have a couple of test sharks in a tank. I mean, what is the aqua ring's purpose, really? <laughs> no. It feels like you're in a different game completely when you're down there. Do get? I think it's. I think it's only in the DS version, Nick. That optional puzzle in the armory where you have to solve a puzzle, and if you fail to do it, it raises the water level and prevents you from getting any extra ammo. Is that right? I did not know oh, that. That's amazing. No, I. I, I think the shark ate me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's a DS rebirth mode exclusive i'm sure um you have to do something in the armory and if you don't do it in the right order it actually raises or there's a pipe leaking or something and water's coming in and if you don't shut it off the water level raises so much that it it ruins all the ammunition on the shelf or something something along those lines i can't quite remember i'll have to have have a go at that one yeah i'm afraid when i when i got down there um, my running skills weren't up to scratch should we say and i was dragged to my watery grave which is unusual because I've never been killed by the Neptune before, except uh, playing this again. But I don't remember. That. I, no, I'll have to try that out again. George, did you like the Neptune? Oh. Yeah, I mean, again, nothing about it particularly stood out. 
Yeah, no, I was really starting to disconnect from the game point. I mean, I, I got my interest up again a bit when I got back into the labs. It's a shame, though, because, you know, Batman was talking before about, you know, tips and things and different ways that we have and maybe things that, that other gamers wouldn't have noticed. And, you know, I, the connection I've got with the remake, I could definitely approach the game very much with that depth on that level. But I struggle with this one. I'm not sure why that is, because I don't have this problem far from it with Resident Evil 2 uh, on the original one on N64 or PlayStation. Okay. Well, the return to the mansion obviously brought with us the Hunters, and would it be fair to say that these are still the best Hunters in the entire series? Yeah, I was genuinely dreading going back to the mansion. Uh, so many times I managed to blast them out of the air as they were doing their death swing on me. Fucking hell. <laughs> I was going to say there's a difference between best and hardest. <laughs> like, yep. they're by far the hardest. I guess it's all down to differing opinion on whether or not that means best. I mean, they're the, to me, they're the best. I well, just feel like they just have such a challenge. You know, each one feels like a mini boss fight in itself sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas yeah. in the later games, I just think they're diluted to the point where they're not even a challenge. I mean, in the remake, they're not even a challenge, I don't think. Mm. Let really me just say that the last game I was playing was Revelations 1. And uh, let's just say the difference between the Hunters in the Terra Grigia Panic compared to the Hunters in the Mansion Incident are enormous. <laughs> the great thing is as well, I think Rebirth and Advance Mode has a couple of rooms with three Hunters in. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I wasn't playing that one. Christ in Christ. They swapped them in places, so you've got a usual path on the original, if you played the original. And you go, okay, if I go here, and then I go here, and then I go here, then I only have to fight two hunters and a spider, something <laughs> like that. And then they, what they've done cleverly is if you go through that same path in the advanced or rebirth mode, it's like, oh, the spider's gone, been replaced with two hunters, and that other path that I was going to go on, that's also got two hunters, and there's just hunters everywhere. It's ridiculous. I lost more health. I mean, it's, it's not too bad with Jill, because you can skip getting the python and just use the uh, grenade launcher, and you're pretty much okay. But with Chris, you really need that python, and I think I went through three first aid sprays. You know, three red-green herb mixtures just getting them to the orders room to get the red gem and then down to the fucking python see that's where advanced mode's easier in that aspect because the cold python is actually in the downstairs room with the broken shotgun so you get it early on don't you yeah, yeah. you can get it within the first 10 minutes of the game mm. and a lot of the a lot of the hunters have been replaced by giant spiders as well so there isn't actually as many hunters from what i recall how much ammo do you get for magnum I was very conservative with it and didn't actually use my first bullets till the lab and I put a tweet on because I was sort of doing a live tweet of, you know tweeting just taking screenshots of the screen and uploading it as I was going through it and I had something like the full 42 or 36 rounds by the lab I think it's 216 pickup plus what's in the gun so, so I had the 42 yeah I, I just became so reliant with the shotgun yeah, the shotgun's shotgun. best weapon in the game no, the cult Nick. come on there's no, immensely satisfying about the original games. Cult is just such a blast. Yeah, because you get that. You get that. The red, the red room, don't you? The, um, the red gem, yeah. Red gem room. Yeah. The bit that gets me every time, and this is playing the original version, and it's just as hard as you've done the library section. And you have to go back through the basement and come up the stairs with the zombie fake out. You get the cutscene. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you get up to the top, and of course, unlike the remake, it isn't just like the stairs and then the stairwell walks around into the hallway. You go up, and there's another door there. And when you come on the other side of that door, there are two hunters in the original Kenneth zombie hallway. Yeah. And it is by far the, one of the hardest pinch points of the entire game because what can happen is that they're so far away that you can hear them running, and one of them will run or they'll jump, and they'll get there so fast that 
if you miss or shoot one of them but not the other and you're reloading or like the animation slow for using the shotgun or you know anything they can tag team you they can literally get into a pattern where one of them swipes you then the other one swipes you and there's nothing you can do about it that you're, you're dead that's it you're gone and it's um it's definitely the one point where if it's going to happen it's it's going to happen there. and you're quite it's, away from a save point there as well yeah you've done so pretty much the entire basement section and the snake from, from the snake yeah you've done snake fight gone through the basement you've gone up to the library you've avoided all the zombies clicked up the battery you've done all the you know everything you need to do you've gone back through the basement and you like get there and you're like i'm trying to make it to the save room oh no i'm dead <laughs> I, will, I will say since we're on the sort of area i mentioned this in the previous cast but I, I do think that section of the game the library that's exclusive to the original is so much better than how they did it in the remake I love that kind of floor. They transformed it and modified that entire floor, really, and turned it into the snake boss fight where you get the Doom book. Yeah. But in the original, it's like a, a three-room area which has the hidden observatory, which gives you the early glimpse of the heliport. Yes. There's yes. A, the first MO disc puzzle, which gives you like a hidden desk. And then there's an, an exclusive file in the original, which is the scrapbook with all the newspaper clippings. It just creates such a great atmosphere and the hidden observatory, which you have to like push a bookshelf to one side to find. It's just a really cool little area of the mansion that they didn't even bother to, you know, remake in the remake. And I just think that's another section of the game where the original is, is vastly better. The return trip to the mansion in the remake feels a bit understated and forgettable. I was just going to say that bit in the observatory, you can look across at the heliport, can't you? Yeah. Which you can't do in the remake. And in director's cut, a crow smashes through that window, which, <laughs> yes. which I also <laughs> forgot about. A bunch of crows, yeah. <laughs> that was the jump scare, I was remembering that, and it's not in the original, yeah. You look at it, and then a bunch of crows smash through the window. In your version of the game, Nick, isn't that where the, uh, the chimera is introduced? Don't you see its silhouette walk past? Yeah, I'm pretty sure in, in the Rebirth version of the game, when you're in the library, I'm sure there's like a little cutscene where something walks past and you think, what the hell is that? I actually think you're right about You only that. see yeah, in shadow. It's the Chimera or the or the lab monster, as it was called then. Oh, wow. Because you ha- don't you have to get the uh, the Doom book from there? It's one of the Doom yeah, books. Yeah, from the Advanced. Yeah, the yeah, Advanced. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. But that's yeah. another little bit of the game that remake sort of skipped out because obviously in the original version one of the second floor doorways has um, you need a password to get into don't you? Yes. And when you fight the snake with Jill it bites that hole in the floor and you drop down and Barry drops his rope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the cool thing about that, I think, is, is you, you could wait there and you think, oh yeah, it's a computer game, isn't it? I could wait here for, I could leave the console switched on overnight, he still won't come back. But he does actually come back. It's the only way to save him. With his rope, yeah. If you go on without him, he will actually die. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, doesn't trust the thing again. And I don't know. You get the passcode yeah, from Barry. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Hey, that's the only way you can get to the uh, library, Jill, isn't it, if, you, yeah. if Barry rescues you. Because Chris never gets the passcode, does he? No, no I couldn't get through that door. Hmm. I actually had to burn 15 um, pistol bullets just so I didn't have to come back so I could get the courtyard battery for inventory space. (laughs) (laughs) The other things that section, the snake fight is bastard hard as Chris. Mm. As Jill, you can just pump it with about three or four acid rounds, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. It dies really quick, but Chris is a fucker, it really is. It's such an enclosed space in general when you, for Jill, yeah, three or four rounds that you can pretty much stand more or less in the one spot and not normally not get attacked. But yeah, Chris has to run around and in the advanced mode, much like what we were talking about before in the attic, you have to run right around it. You can't run through its tail, which you can do in the original. Cheat your way through it. 
So the final act of the game, if we go and try and rescue Rico, who uh, somehow has ended up in the middle of the catacombs underwater, albeit was underwater, and about to be shot by... Now this has always been a debate, because you assume it's Barry, isn't it? It is Barry. No, it's Wesker. You say it's Wesker? I'm not... Checking I don't think Barry the... would kill someone like that. No. It's made even more obvious in the remake because it's Wesker's boots. You can see it's Wesker's boots and it's mm. it's Wesker's samurai edge that fires. Okay. In the original, it's left quite vague in the whole idea of him being under orders. You could kind of think, well, maybe it was, but I've always just assumed it was Wesker as well. So, Sean, as you've alluded to, you have a unique experience in the well, underground catacombs. Explain why. Um, I was just worth saying quickly as well that the remake is one area where it does vastly improve because the caves look really bad now. <laughs> With a yeah, lot of nice repeat textures. Yeah, especially in that certain version. That awful green colour. But yeah, the Saturn version has an exclusive enemy, which is like a modified hunter with scythe-like appendages as opposed to claws. Uh, it's more hunched, has its own unique death animation where it kind of slits your throat first before decapitating you. And uh, I, I don't know whether it's an official name or whether it's an affectionate fan name, but they tend to be coined at the ticks. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's always been that I, I've never heard if it's uh, official or not, but from as far as back as I can remember, I've just referred to them as ticks. Yeah, I think it is official. It's in the Sega Saturn guidebook as a tick, I think. Is it? Yeah. I really like the design of them. I think they're really cool, actually. They make a slightly different scream, but other than that, they animate more or less exactly the same. They are, for all intents and purposes, just a reskinned hunter. They actually have little antennas. Yeah, um, more insect-like now, aren't they? I think the theory is they were made using insect DNA rather than reptile DNA like the hunters, but yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's confirmed Same anyway. Process. With regards to canon, I don't know where you stand on it, but I actually I think they're, they're really awesome, and it makes the caves slightly more unique, you know, because they're populated by a new enemy, it, it kind of keeps it a bit more fresh than just fighting hunters again. Not that fighting hunters in the original is ever boring, because it's uh, they're, they're absolutely deadly, but it's just a nice little feature the Saturn version has. I was yep. just always disappointed they didn't bring them back for yep. Deadly Silence. I thought it would have been a cool feature. Oh, I was more disappointed they didn't bring it in for Remake. I thought it would have been a perfect opportunity to do it. I don't know what it is about them. I don't know if it's a set version or whatever. I always found them slightly easier to avoid than the Hunters, even though they're technically a reskinned thing. I've never understood why that is, if it's just by that stage I was used to the game, or they're just slightly easier enemies to deal with. I just found them slightly easier than the Hunters had been. They are easier to dodge. I think it's more to do with the... I think they have a slightly slower animation on the the swing, you know, the, the actual stab attack that they do. How was everyone's experience with the Black Tiger? Because that's, that's always been a strange boss, that one. Usually with Chris, I always remember to bring the python down with me, because I have to seem to remember it's four or five shots. Yeah. I forgot to bring it with me and saved, and I tried doing it with a shotgun and died twice. The only uh, times I died, and I died twice, and then the third time did it with a flamethrower, and I've never used a flamethrower on it before, and killed it almost instantly. Yeah, the flamethrower works quite well. That's a Chris exclusive, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just backtracking ever so slightly, I remember being devastated when the remake came out that they'd got rid of the little scene with Barry in the caves where you can choose to go with him or not yeah. and, that, and that really creepy music kicks in I remember the first time I did that I genuinely didn't know what to do <laughs> and because you're right by that point in the game you really don't trust him and I, I just remember being really really disappointed that they they got rid of that completely in the because you get an option don't you whether to make him lead or you lead and yeah. he supports don't you yeah it changes the ending, obviously. Yeah. What did you do to save him there? 
Do you have to get him to uh, go? You have to stay with him, basically. There's varying ways to do it. Basically, you either have to stay with him. I don't think it really matters if he goes first or not. You get the option, don't you, to send him on ahead and you can go alone. Or you can go together. Well, because if you send him off alone, you hear gunshots. But as long as you go to find where the gunshots came from... That's right, yeah. And you, uh, you and, see him killing a hunter, don't Then you? it's fine. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just literally whether or not you choose not to go with him and then just basically leave or just go away and not talk to him at all, basically. I always found that part of the game very... I think, one of the, again, one of the only points I thought, hmm, you know, we had the moving the crank and the whole room in yes. a whole whole part of rock. You go, wait a minute. It's tedious as well, isn't it? Yeah. And boulders, like, the whole thing but, doesn't make any sense in, in regards to moving around. Like, oh, wait, so the only way to get through here, you have to smash this wall down with a giant boulder that could crush me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just rewatch the back, and that room where you get the MO disc in the original does have some really cool... It is really cool. Um, every time it goes to a new camera angle, you get like a silhouette of a chimera walking past the camera. It's really oh. quite cool, actually. It makes no sense because there's nowhere for them to go in the room, but it's a cool effect. It makes no sense also that they're in the mansion and you never see them otherwise and yeah. have somehow escaped the lab, which is currently sealed. Yeah. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Um, so I suppose we then move on to the lab part of the game once you've uh, managed to escape from the catacombs with all the relevant wolf and eagle eggs. And then you get that cool kind of draining of the water and then what another elevator. What I love about that cutscene in the original is as well, you can just see dawn creeping in in the distance. Mm. It's always really, really it's a nice passage feeling of passage of time. I'm not sure how, everyone, how did everyone feel about the labs. I mean, I think the remake did it much, much better. Uh, I, I found the, the atmosphere in the labs of the remake was very good. In director's cut, the lab probably has the most aesthetic differences. Like, a lot of the camera angles are subtly different, and the walls seem to have, like, an extra layer of grime running down them all, which isn't present in the standard version of the game. Mm. And I think it's the same in the mansion as well, where some rooms have, like, slightly different wallpaper and whatnot, but the lab, pretty much every room is slightly different in terms of decoration. There's, like, extra stickers on the walls and, like, markings with codes on the walls and stuff. I've always theorised that when they originally made the game the first time around that the lab they'd done a progression of following the game flow and that the lab had been one of the last areas they'd worked on and hadn't quite finished the backgrounds to the level they'd wanted yeah and and then when they did the director's cut gave them enough time to go back and finish the work they'd originally intended for that reason um how'd you think yeah, just because of the, exactly as John said, that the level of um, differences that are in those backgrounds and the directors. Is it, yeah, I suppose there's a lot of reusing of assets, isn't it, as you get um, to the lower levels. I always found yeah. the camera angle changes fascinating in the advanced mode. I've never said that the remake version of the labs are. Be- it's not like the guardhouse. I've never felt that one or the other is better than the others. I've just found they're very different. I like the remake version, but I also like the original and for an entirely different design style. They're both very interesting for their own choices as opposed to the guardhouse which never made much sense like a, the lab being a lab and both still makes sense and there, there are a lot of rooms that are still quite similar in, in idea yeah. Yeah, well, I've played the advanced mode before but I can't remember the differences being that much but that's like uh, that's huge, from original yeah. to remake yeah. Sort, of, yeah. sort of difference yeah. isn't it it's a big difference yeah I always found the lab in remake to be a bit too much like a you know like your typical sort of um, insane asylum with all these sort of gurneys and it looked a bit too abandoned and not like a fully operational working lab like it should be. Mm. You know, it always looked a bit cleaner and more sterile in the original game. Director's Cut players, you don't get zombie Wesker at this point, because I know that's where you fight him. 
in the labs. Or is no, that... that's just a Saturn exclusive, isn't it? Zombie uh, that's only oh, sorry, sorry, I meant... It's not in the campaign. It's not in the campaign. Okay, I did mean Saturn mode. That's only in battle mode, is it? Okay. With the Golden Tyrant as well. Uh, the only other things with the Saturn version is there's a few cosmetic differences as well in some backgrounds that I haven't mentioned. There's some slight enhancements in some details in the mansion. The guardhouse has, a, again, a couple of markings on the walls. Like uh, the armory room is actually labelled up with arms, although I think that is actually in the rebirth version. And like in the lab, the big green vials of chemical in the tyrant room are all broken and shattered. Sure, I heard somewhere that those tubes are supposed to be where the hunters came from. Oh, right, okay. Oh, what, the embryos? Well, from where they've been released from. I mean, I know them tubes are sort of intact in other versions of the game, but there's literally nowhere else they could be. You know, hunters are test tube babies, aren't they? I think it would make some sense. I mean, I think the only reason they destroyed them in the Saturn version is because the Saturn had a technical issue with doing transparencies. Yeah. And because they were full of transparent liquid, they would have had to use the mesh effect, which looks awful, and it would have just broken the aesthetic of the background altogether. So it's easier just to remove the transparent chemical. Mm. Just can say, you know, that is actually quite a good, nice, plausible reason for changing it. Mm. Obviously, the ultimate end to the lab is the boss fight with Tyrant. Something I always felt wasn't that difficult. No, I was, that always felt a bit of a anti-climax letdown for me on both builds. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole game actually, is ironic, is a huge challenge, and that's what I find out easier than some of the zombie encounters. You've got the rocket launcher, the, your heaviest weaponry by then, and as long as you can just dodge it a couple of times, uh, yeah, it felt a bit of a letdown, the difficulty level, certainly. You get the rocket launcher when they drop it, but you've got the grenade launcher. Oh, yeah, I meant grenade yeah. launcher, yeah. yeah. And the labs itself are fairly easy. It's actually quite a short section when you know what you're doing. Um, yes. The remake yeah. obviously expanded it a lot with the nitro being having to be transported. Oh. And stuff. Oh. Uh, Cut cameras in the original can be quite deadly, especially in that uh, advanced mode if you dodge them wrong or get them wrong. But they're easy to lead around, you know. I don't think anybody well. bothers fighting them, do they really? I don't bother. I think I shoot any that directly get in my way of a doorway, but other than that, I just run around in circles because you can lead them down and they just go choop, 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 choop behind you. Yeah. yeah. It's mostly the ones hanging in front of you that you might miss that drop you hang down upside down and sweep at you as well. This is the only thing to be weary of. And you get the slight variation with the puzzles, don't you? It's John, Ada and Mole. Mole, yep. yes. Great world building. Yeah. That's the first Ada's first mention. And at that point, you know, I remember that file had no real relevance to the overall story. It was just a cool little file back in the day. Yeah, it's being repeated now with Umbrella Corps. This is little hints. <laughs> it was going so well, Nick. <laughs> so yeah, I went down to the tyrant, and then you kill the first one as Chris. I say the first one, and then the tyrant corpse dissolves, and then there's a new vat at the back of the room, and from it bursts second one, but only as Chris. Really? I just assumed that was the gold tome. Is there three tyrants then? Well, no, the gold no. tyrant's in the battle mode. It's only in the no, battle no. mode. It's just the boss of the battle mode. But no, Wesker reveals the tyrant. It bursts out of its, you know, yeah. out of its vial. It kills Wesker. You destroy that one. It then dissolves. And then from another container at the back of the room bursts the second one. And then uh, that's the one that you fight on the helipad. But it, it's ridiculous. It's non... It, you know, it's it, that you have to say that one's really non-canon. It's going to Well, no, because Wesker sort of does the big introduction with his main one, you know, and that's the one that kills him, and then that one just sort of dissolves away, and the, the second one that bursts out is the one that you ultimately fight on the Hellyblood, and it's just implausible why there would be a second one. 
exactly the same. Yeah, that's okay. on the right hand. Uh, I mean, yeah, you, you know, I remember there was theory years ago that if the Saturn version was the canon one of the releases, then that the first one that Wesker releases is the TW one. Yeah. But then obviously Zero wreck on that. Yeah, sort of that. Yeah. So it kind of languishes the Saturn one in sort of a non-canon territory, and thus taking the ticks with it. Well, I suppose that concludes our kind of look through the game in a kind of chronological point of view. Does anyone have any tips they like to share or any particular moment they've experienced playing through this ready for the podcast that they, they haven't mentioned yet? I think people just forget how many paths there are a lot of the time. Like, I really, there, you know, how many variable paths there are and, and little hidden extras. And it's one of those things that's really hard to kind of quantify, I guess, because it differs depending on even every time you play it. You know, you could do a choice. As you were saying before, we were talking about the guardhouse, you know, like whether or not you hear that scene in Jill's game with Wesker and Barry entirely differs on your actions and you, know, you can change how certain characters live or die you can have Rebecca killed in more than one place by the hunter mm-hmm. it can be in the library it can be by the save room based on your choices there's all these little things and then and there's stuff that people don't even realize like yeah, the clips at the start of the game and they're just little things but they all kind of add up I would say in the DS version, when you kill the zombies in rebirth mode in the first person, they drop ammo. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. This is too much Shari 4 for my liking. But yes, you can get... It'll be only be like three bullets. Three handgun bullets. They still drop ammo. <laughs> I think what I enjoyed, the zombies make some really creepy sounds in this. And I like the way mm. you can blow off their arms and the legs. And it seems to be a lot easier to do it in this original version of the game than it is in the remake. You see, I always yeah. forget you can shoot their arms off and stuff like that. It is really cool. It's like a little tactical thing as well, because if you shoot their arms off, obviously they can't grab you, so they're limited to sort of spitting acid at you. So nice. you, you don't really have to kill them, you can just run around them. Does the arm respawn if you come back into the room? I'm not sure. I don't think it does, but I could be wrong on that. I think I've, I've always killed them, so I couldn't tell you either. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I do like the old shotgun aim up high trick. That's always yeah, been a... That was a lifesaver, wasn't it? Yeah, personal mm. favourite. I noticed it probably just uh, as another change I just suddenly came into my head. Um, you know the armour room on the first floor of the mansion? Yep. That's totally different in DS mode. There's no gas or anything like that. Is there not? No, no, you just walk straight down the middle and you've got to do a puzzle. So hook... Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I was getting ready to move the statues over the grills. None of that. Everything's there. You just go straight down and do a puzzle to get... Um... So have they even taken the button out of the middle of the room? Yeah, no button. Mm. I can't remember what puzzle it was. Um, is it rerouting the wire? I can't remember. I played it the other day, but there you go. I did take a picture of the main hall and put it on Twitter and said, yeah, it's the face that you like to talk about. There is a face, is there not? There is a clear face in the mansion. And I honestly, as I assume that this is where the game was going, that the whole house was going to come alive. <laughs> that is the Resident <laughs> Evil. That is the Resident Evil. <laughs> exactly. Things that stuck out. I mean, I actually... God, it's going to sound its ridiculous. I actually do think I prefer it to the remake in many ways. I think, disclaimer... The remake is a better game, and the remake is probably the you know is the best game in the series. It's the quintessential title, but I I just think I like some of the design choices of the original more. I found when I played it, I can totally see where George is coming from. I I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I did find it frustrating because it is very sluggish and slow, but. You know, it is 20 years old, so that's fair enough. But whenever I play a remake, I'm always thinking about the original game and the bits that were better. And playing this now, going through certain sections, 
I found myself thinking of the remake and remembering just how good a job they did in retaining the original experience but making it better. So it is phenomenal. The remake. Yeah, I don't think I could choose between the two. There's plenty I like in the original game that's missing from the remake that I wish it was carried over. But having said that, there's plenty in the remake that is far better than what's in this. I mean, also, the characters are obviously a lot better. I mean, Rebecca's a much better realised character in the remake. You know, she is pretty annoying in in this. I do find this game more playable in terms of replayability. But again, that probably comes down to the paths being a lot less obvious and then you can see stuff. And and to be fair, the game seems very open structured in a lot of ways, but it always points you in the right direction. There's always a point at which you have to inevitably go to a certain direction because you can explore that mansion in several different ways, but they will eventually lead you to getting out the back door and go to the garden. And it's the same with the guardhouse. You can tackle it in a different order and yet eventually you'll always end up at the boss fight. There's a lot of thought put into how that actually works as a game process. Something that never happens with games these days. They're much more linear, much more direct and wouldn't hide that sort of level of hidden cutscenes and hidden events and different paths and so forth. Yeah, but it's a slight concern of RE7. For me, Resident Evil 1 will always have a special place in my heart. You can put the nostalgic rose-tinted glasses on, but it remains an absolute classic of a game. For me, it's more replayable than Remake, for totally different reasons. And what's already been said is part of me that always think it's a better game than Remake, but in many ways it's not. I really, really enjoy the DS version, and I, I, I would recommend it to anyone, if not on a bigger screen. In fact, if you watch some YouTube videos, you can see people have recorded it off the original DS. And it's just, it's tripe. You can't see what's going on. Play it on a slightly bigger screen. It's fun. It's quite quick because they introduced the quick turn in it, which isn't in the original. And you can skip uh, doors sequences. You can skip door sequences, yeah, yeah. And you can skip all the in-game videos and all that. And um, my experience has actually been completely rewarded by the idea of doing this podcast. It's something I might keep in my DS case and take around with me. It's something I might actually now play on the go. Great stuff. Batman? Um, yeah, it was enjoyable to revisit it. Like I said a minute ago, I, I don't think I could pick between the remake and this. Both have like special memories for me. I think the soundtrack in this is slightly superior. I didn't play the god-awful... Is it the Dual Shock version with that Dual horrible sound yeah. soundtrack? Wow. Yeah. But the music where you come back into the mansion after the guardhouse where the hunters are there, that music has always got to me, and it's it's far more effective in this version, I think, than it is in the remake. And one other small point I wanted to make is I've always lauded this game as the one being responsible for all those simplistic little text descriptions that we love. But most yeah. of them in this game are so dull. You just go up to a bookcase and it says nothing unusual. Yeah. You, go, you go up to a bed, nothing to see here. You know, there's, there's hardly anything there. So uh, it's obviously Resident Evil 2. I need to uh, heap praise on for that instead. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was nice to revisit it. And it's obviously dated after 20 years, but uh, you know, it's still always going to be a fantastic game. Robbie? Yeah, pretty much the same sort of thing. Like, I think for me, it, I've tried to keep it fresh in my mind a lot. It's one of those games that I've played infinite numbers of times, and the, and the fact that I played kind of a version of it at least a few times over the past year. I mean, it perhaps had been a few years since before then, but it's just something that always continues to draw me back. And, and while it, much in the same way, I see Remake has got its definite benefits and stuff. There's still things about the original I like, and it's a reminder of why I even got interested in the original games and the original series at, at all when I played the first game. I feel sorry for people buying it digitally now because obviously every time they buy it, especially in the US, the only version is the DualShock, the oh, version no. with the terrible soundtrack. So realistically, the PAL version it runs slower, but it's at least the original DualShock with the soundtrack. 
stars? Yeah, I mean, I've summed it up pretty much in various points through this cast. But, um, the remake is the best game in the series on many levels, but I do think I do prefer the, this for some of the original interpretations of the areas and the atmosphere I think is unique, entirely unique to that game. I think it plays still pretty well, obviously it is an older game, it doesn't have many of the refinements of the later games in the series but I, I never get bored replaying it and I just, yeah, I did just have a wonderful time and I just hope we see, like we've been shown lots of Resident Evil 7 um, one of the things that I really hope it has is, is things like the puzzles, things like the, the you know the, the portrait puzzles you know, from birth to death that's, that's a great puzzle and I'd love to see 7 doing things like that george i get a very different experience i'm afraid <laughs> i do wonder how if how different it may have been if this had been the first resident evil game i played for me personally it dates a lot more than re2 it's still a wonderful game you know i really enjoy it on the ds for me it's, it's strange that for exactly the same game it's quite a different experience i just i think perhaps the old man in me really kind of gets excited about playing such a substantial massively immersive game on just a small you know handheld console and i, I think it really does well on that but on the big screen it for me it dated a bit but not you know i'm not just judging it on the pixelated graphics i found it difficult to get the atmosphere and for it to sustain my interest in a way that remake does and again i think batman or sean mentioned it shows just what an incredible job they did with the remake and perhaps echoes of why why they don't need to remake resident evil 2 that's a, that's a whole other <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> well you've heard what we've had to say that we've had a couple of call-ins let's take a listen the first one comes from crimson elder let's take a listen Hey guys, it's Crimson Elder here. It's been a while since I've made a recording for you. When I joined Crimson Ed Elder, um, GT, he put a ban on us talking to other podcasts. He said you're not to talk to anybody else. He said if you do, you'd be shunned from the community and uh, not even the live action fans would uh, accept you. Um, I, I believe he used the words severe consequences. But I think it's been long enough now. I think we're safe now. Or I'll find out when this podcast goes out. But, uh, I heard you're gonna record um, for RE1, and I missed out the opportunity last time to tell you guys how I feel about it. So I thought I'd uh, make the most of it now. Um, it's by far the most nostalgic game in the series for me. Um, I played it when I was 11 years old, and when I replay it now, I still get uh, that nostalgic feeling. There's nothing quite like it. Not even remake. I get that feeling. I get it a little bit, but nowhere near uh, the extent I get. Um, from the original. I played the series, I uh, did a complete playthrough um, about six months ago and I found it really hard. I, found, I thought it was like the hardest game in the series. Granted uh, it's been four years since I played it and I think I uh, underestimated it. I found myself using a lot of healing items. I only died once. I got vomited down by a zombie and then bitten immediately afterwards. It kind of happened really quick. I was surprised, but yeah, I found myself using a lot of healing items because I was just running around the corners, straight into zombies and stuff, and like modern gaming is kind of dumbed down now. So uh, jumping back into that old school style of gaming was, uh, it was quite a leap. It's got an amazing soundtrack. It's got some of the, uh, some of the, my favorite songs in the series, like the main hall and um, the corridors, uh, the, the, those are just amazing songs, and that's the one thing I thought was missing from remake. They should have remixed some, especially those songs, and the, like the guardhouse and that. That was a bit of a bummer for me. I was a bit gutted. Some of the flaws uh, with the original, it's got like bland environments. I know it's like 20 years old, but I still got to say it's, it, the environments felt really bland. Uh, the story I thought was quite shallow. I think remake is 
pivoted a bit on the files. I, I was expecting a lot more files. But this is the most intriguing game in the series for me because when you know you play RE2 or 3 or 4, 5, whatever, you, you know what to expect. You know what you're getting yourself in for. When you booted up RE1 for the first time, you had no idea who you were, where you were, what the fuck was going on. And it was just an awesome feeling. Let's talk about the ports. The PC version is quite superior. That's the best looking, obviously. And it's also got the uncut uh, FMV for the opening. The worst version would be the director's cut for the PS1, just because of the soundtrack. It's a really crappy soundtrack. Um, the DS version, which is the version I played, originally I was under the impression that that was quite a, a good looking version uh, graphically, but I just watched a comparison video between uh, PC, Saturn and PS1 and DS, and I think DS is like the worst looking, it's really like cartoony, and it's got like, um, I don't know, it's just blurry. So graphically, the, the best, I think, is PC Saturn, PS1 DS. The good thing about the DS version, which is the one I played recently, is you can skip the door sequences. Um, that's probably not how you should be playing the game, but uh, it's, it's nice to just get through it quick. After a while, you just want to get into the action. It's got the second screen map as well, which is helpful. You don't have to go to the inventory. The 180 degree spin, which I love uh, in the series, and guess you're of a, a lot of situations that wasn't in the original so the DS port is handy for that. It's also got a quick reload which is handy and it's got a quick uh, knife controls so you don't need, you need to have the knife in your inventory but you don't need to equip it so you can just like a hotkey with that and there's less ammo for the classic mode which is the mod I played. I prefer that mode simply because you don't have to do the stupid knife fights as well. I do like the puzzle one, but I don't like the knife fight. Um, so less ammo in uh, classic mode because in rebirth mode there's more enemies probably, so they have to give you more ammo, but I just prefer less ammo and less enemies. Obviously rebirth and is master of knife in, which is basically just all the knife fights from rebirth mode and just put into one uh, mini game. It's uh, a bit pointless really. Uh, then you've got the multiplayer co-op modes. Like when I played it six months ago though, I couldn't find anyone to play with, which was a bit of a bummer, but it's still a fun mode. Yeah, that's all I can think of guys. Um, hope there's something useful in there for you. Keep up the great work and hopefully I'll call in for the next one. Thanks. Cheers guys. So thank you very much for that calling. Really interesting points uh, Crimson Elder makes there. What was your thoughts, Bats? Yeah, I'd agree with most of it. He talks about the nostalgia. I suppose that goes without saying, really. It was the first game, 20 years old. Obviously, it's going to look a bit bland these days. I was surprised when he said it was the hardest game in his complete series playthrough. I know I struggled on the advanced mode with Jill, but I think the standard version of the game is it's quite easy to complete. I certainly wouldn't class it in the same bracket as uh, Resident Evil Zero or Code Veronica. Or Gaiden. That's bloody impossible. I agree with what he says about the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack in this is slightly better than the remake. Um, I think I mentioned it in the main discussion. The track in particular where you come back to the mansion when the Hunters have just been first released, that gets me every time and I don't think it's anywhere near as effective in the uh, in the remake version. Mm. He makes a good point. I forgot to mention the quick turn as mm. well in the DS mode is a wonderful feature because you just assumed it was in the original on PlayStation and what, it bloody isn't. And <laughs> just to be able to quickly turn and do the reload as well is makes the game so much more playable and I think that's why people liked RE2 so much because it added so much subtle features over the first game so it's good to see them incorporated in it but yeah does I would the, agree with what you said does the DS version have auto aim 
because the director's <laughs> cut does. It's it's default in the director's cut. In fact, I don't even know yeah. if you can switch it off. Yeah, I think it does. Yes. I'm just yeah, trying, I'm just... I'd be surprised if it doesn't because it's got uh, 182 and then it should. Uh, should yeah, I'm just, just trying to think when I was going through doors and yeah, I think it yeah. That is one of the things that makes the original uh, perhaps a little bit more difficult if you play the, the original releases without the auto aim. It is it especially makes the game harder for certain enemies, hunters probably in particular. Um, mm. Just lining up your aim in enough time, especially just stuff that's off screen, makes it quite difficult. Mm. Um, I don't know if I agree. He made a comment about the um, graphics and rated it. PC, Saturn, PlayStation, and then the DS version, which obviously is blurry. I don't know if that's an upscale thing, because obviously on the small screen it's going to probably look pretty good. But you know, if you're playing it on some other device, then it probably is going to look different. But um, I think the problem with the other three versions, they all have their pros and cons. The PC version, you can scale it, but you need to have a bunch of patches applied these days in order to get it to run. And there were so many different versions made for the PC, so I don't know which PC version you're talking about, because there was standard PC, there was a PC Power VR version in Japan, there's a bunch of different graphics cards support versions that came out in Europe um, and they all look slightly different and the problem as well is that the original backgrounds were never kept in a good archive so they don't scale very well and for high resolutions they look very blurry and the Saturn has its own issues as well like the um, character models are done completely different because of the um, graphics support and all the effects stuff has no transparencies applied and it looks different mm. again I don't think there's one version that really does look better they've all got their pros and cons one thing he does mention, what is the multiplayer mode in DS? How does that work? Because you can play as all the other Stars members, can't you? And I just wondered what it is you do. The game includes wireless support for up to four players with two different multiplayer game modes. The first is a cooperative mode, in which each player must help each other come together. <laughs> The other is a competitive mode in which the objective is to get the highest score out of all the players by destroying the most monsters, with the tougher monsters being worth more points. There are three multiplayer stages based on the mansion, guardhouse, and laboratory, and nine playable characters, Chris, Jill, Barry, Rebecca, Wesker, Forrest, Kenneth, Richard, and Enrico. I'm guessing the cooperative mode is survive those, one of those stages together. Hmm. I was going to make one more point about the files. I thought the number of files, especially at the time, was quite good. And maybe retrospectively compared to other titles, it's not as much. But I always thought there was just enough mystery. And, I mean, it's got a classic, itchy, tasty, you know, but the, just, there was just enough information to get you intrigued. And it's one of the things that really hooked me into the game in the series originally was just that just enough to kind of give you information. And there's enough hidden the cutscene with Rebecca talking about umbrella, you go into the chemical room and stuff, things like that, and I just always thought the balance was kind of almost right. Not too much, not too little. I think they could have kept in the um, George's notes. Yeah, and, and I think returning that sort of stuff back into the remake was a good move, especially, you know, after that time. I'm surprised he said the story was shallow. I, I still think the story is excellent. There's not really a lot missing from the original, obviously the Lisa Trevor stuff. Most of her backstory was confined to Wesker's report too anyway. I think the story of this game in particular, the very first one, is still by far and away the best story in the entire series. I don't think it's shallow at all. There's plenty of subplots going on. The characters are well fleshed out, even though the voice acting's laughable. And you've got all the sort of pre-remake canon as well, like the clay virus, and they made quite a lot of retcons, really. I mean, the hunters in this game, for example, the hunters were originally homeless men that were captured by Umbrella in Raccoon Forest. All this, oh. all this stuff about them being embryos with reptile DNA and spliced with the T-virus, that all came afterwards. Thank you very much, uh, Crimson Elder, for that. We have a second calling from Vito this time. Let's take a listen. Hello, everyone. Since Neptune criminally omitted this support from his list on Project Umbrella, I'm going to talk a little bit about Resident Evil Deadly Silence. Oh boy, this port is fantastic. 
Not only is it portable, but it also has by far the biggest amount of extra content of any port of the original Resident Evil. It uses all of the Nintendo DS's features, you can use a touchscreen to free yourself from zombies, solve puzzles, manage your inventory, get a little naughty with Jill, or Chris, I don't judge. <laughs> you can also use the top screen as your map or your health when you get hurt it flashes to yellow, orange, red, etc. And they even manage to find a clever uses to the microphone, which is very, very, very good. You can also skip door animations. The character models are a little bit improved. Uh, the backgrounds suffer a little bit, but they still look good. The FMBs are horrendous, by the way, but they are still watchable. You also have extra customs. They include a reload button and a knife button, similar to Resident Evil 4, which is nice. They also include a new mode, which they call Revert Mode, which has new puzzles, more enemies, they give you more ammo, but most importantly, it has this first-person knife battles, which in my opinion are very fun, very addictive, and they even include a new boss battle that uses those knife battles, which is John, a very clever modification to the game. Speaking of the knife battles, there is also a minigame that uses this feature, which in my opinion is, aside from Mercenaries, my most favorite minigame of the entire series, by far. There's also multiplayer mode, which unfortunately I couldn't play because it doesn't have online. <sighs> Such a shame. The cover of the game is also very good. My favorite of all the ports in, of the universe anyway. It's very good. Honestly, by far this is the best version of the game. It's just amazing. And it's portable. A very solid reason to keep my 3DS now that the Nintendo Switch has been announced. I really, really recommend this port. Please give it a go if you can. Well, I guess this is everything. See you guys. A very, very happy veto there. For good reason, I feel. <laughs> it's nice to hear him in such... You can tell he actually really likes it because he's really, really positive. That's the most positive I think I've ever heard him. <laughs> I think he makes some great points, though. I'm surprised he likes the first-person knife thing. I didn't think anybody liked that. As I said earlier, I think it's good at the beginning, but it just becomes so tedious. As a mini-game, it works okay. Um, I'm not quite sure if it's as good as versus Roach Mode from Survivor 2. That will always be one of the classics. <laughs> Genuinely, no, it's good. But yeah, the multiplayer mode, if that could get up and working, that'd be quite useful to play. But Local LAN only. Yes. But I think a lot of DS titles of that generation were extremely inhibited by Nintendo's concern about letting their players actually play on the internet without being vetted and god this well. Is, um, I presume that reference you made there was, um, can you use the touchscreen to sort of jab Chris and Jill and they react in a funny way? Well, I'm glad to say it never crossed my mind to do that, but I, I may now do it on Vita's <laughs> reminds Yeah, it goes on that that line of very Japanese editions, and it reminds me of Resident Evil 4 and the, the Ashley stuff, like berating Leon for being a pervert. Yes, mm. yes, yeah. We should make a little mention of the artwork, because they did go around and do lots of new artwork for the game, which is improving on the originals, but still kept that original aesthetic. 
I must admit, after listening to everyone's experiences with the DS version, I'm quite sad that I sold mine now. Um, and it's a shame, with it being the 20th anniversary, it would have been really cool for Cap... I mean, I know they'd never do it, but it would have been really cool if they'd released like a 20th anniversary edition where you got access to like every single mode of the game, from like mm. standard to DS to director's cut to arrange to rebirth mode, because there isn't a single version, is there, of the game where you can play... No. Anyway, through it. Same version as well with the alternate skins yeah. for the ticks and the battle game and stuff as well. I've said it before on other podcasts, I did wish for the DS version they did expand the mansion and had original graphics, but with the with the remake mansion layout and Lisa Trevor and things like that, I just want... Yeah. That would have been a huge undertaking. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And pointless, but that would have been quite cool. I'm glad he enjoyed the uh, the, the other use of the DS uh, microphone. <laughs> Is it? Whoa, Jesus, I'll never get over that, so there we go. Happy birthday, Resident Evil 1. Yes. Happy... <laughs> so thank you, Vito, very much for your call-in. When we do our next podcast, feel free. Anyone else can give us a call-in. Contact me, snickers3112 at hotmail.com. And on that note, we'll now move on to Season 4 of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. New Season. Welcome to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. This is season four. We start a clean slate. There's been comments from the podcasters at the, the necessary vetoing of questions. Uh, so in light of this, I'm pleased to say this quiz is much more of a were you paying attention during the podcast type of quiz. <laughs> <laughs> I expect full marks. I'll look forward to my score of zero or one then. Oh, you'll, be, you'll be fine. You definitely get one, Sean. So if everyone can clear their notepads, this won't take long. These are all good, clean questions to uh, keep you all entertained. So question one, what is the name of the Hunter-type B.O.W.s exclusive to the Sega Saturn version? <laughs> we've had that already! I think we've just gone from one end of the scale to the other. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're all good questions about Resident Evil 1. So, question number two. In the first Resident Evil game, how many smaller versions of B.O.W.s do you encounter? Hmm. What, how many times or how many types? No, 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 types, yeah. So where you've had, like, a boss monster, but you're fighting smaller versions of it? Correct, yes. Uh... Question number three. Now, we've talked about this already, but please tell me the order in the original Biohazard of the paint switch puzzle. Birth to death, is it? Yeah. Yeah. 
See, these are the sort of questions we like. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you might. I thought you might. Not that I know the so answer. I, like. I actually nearly remember these word for word as well. So I'm looking for the order and what the uh, description of the painting is in the correct order. Please. Question number four is another order question. What order do the stars appear in the opening cast crawl? Mm. No YouTubing, please, gentlemen. And finally, question number five is a bit tougher. Uh, who is the room monitor for the visual data room? Oh, oh wow. So that concludes the quiz. Join us oh. after this when we'll run through the answers. Bastard. Enrico? Yeah? You're alive. Yeah? As my subordinate, you have wonderful talent. Yeah? But we're still in trouble. Yeah? Someone is a traitor. What do you mean? The stars are doomed. I'll destroy the stars myself. Yeah? Double-crosser! Now you're wrong! Yeah? That's Umbrella's intention. So, everything was plotted from the start by Umbrella. Umbrella? Yeah? They had nothing to do with Umbrella. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. No! Welcome back to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Five points up for grabs. Question number one. What was the name of the Hunter BOWs exclusive to the Sega Saturn version? I expect everyone to get this. We've said it multiple times. Stars Tyrant. What did you put? Ticks. Batman. Ticks. George Trevor. Ticks. And Rombie. Ticks. Excellent. The answer, of course, yeah. is Ticks. We had this. Bring back the questions from USS Command. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you can't have it both ways. Question number two was, how many smaller versions of BOWs do you encounter in the original Resident Evil game? Batman. Now, hang on. Do you mean small enemies or smaller versions of bigger creatures? Can you clarify? You just mean small enemies? Yeah, yes. Right. All right, then. Um, Little spiders. Yeah. Crow and the wasps. No, that's not what I meant. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't understand. I think I I get it. If I just say little spiders, then. Okay, so you're going for one, Little Spiders. Yeah. George Trevor? I don't understand the question. Can you just... What do you mean? Smaller versions of bigger creatures that have appeared. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, so they've got bigger counterparts. Okay, so spiders you've got, and then... I don't think there's anything else. Um, Can't think of another. You're going to go for one as well? Okay. Rombie? There's obviously another one. I'm going to go with two, and spiders, and snakes. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh shit. god, yes. damn. Yes, damn. Stars, you could You could say two or three, because obviously you've got the baby spiders and you've got yep. the snakes, but you also have the bigger spiders, which are downgraded versions of the, the boss spider. <laughs> two. <Yeah. laughs> I'm, afraid you're, I'm afraid the correct answer is three, because you've all forgotten the baby Neptune. Oh, <laughs> When you originally uh, said the question, I thought it was just small of everything. So I thought of the wasps, yeah. I had thought of the snakes, and I thought of the sharks, and then completely forgot about the sharks. <laughs> re- that was actually a good little question, that. Actually. I, know. I, I want to apologise and give you credit there, because I was waiting for the inevitable Neptune fuck-up. So, uh, <laughs> so well done, well done, that was brilliant. Thank you, there we go. Praise indeed. Question number three was, tell me the order of the paint switch puzzle from the original game so this is the young to old i think we'll work that one out so right i'm going to concentrate whilst you give me your answers we'll start with george trevor do you mean like the where you change the lights yes that's remake um oh shit um (laughs) wait is it different in remake because i'm thinking oh shit i I don't know for someone who champions the older games your lack of knowledge here is surprising 
Because it's already. In the, I'm thinking of the Lisa Trevor portrait, but it's different in remake, isn't it? You've secretly been playing too much Resident Evil Six. Shit! What? Is, I don't know. I'm sorry. Pass. Pass. Uh, Stars Tyrant. Okay, I've got. I think it is newborn baby, infant, lively boy, young man, tired middle-aged man, and bold old looking man or bold old man. I can't quite remember. Old old. Okay. Uh, Batman. Yeah, I think he's got it spot on there, but I think it's wise old man. Wise old man. Uh, Rombie? Yeah, I'm going somewhere like it's newborn baby. I remember that first um, infant, uh, lively boy, uh, young man, tired middle-aged man, and bold-looking old man. The thing I can remember is that when you push the last one, it says, give me the peace of death and I'll give you the joy of life. I always remember that. <laughs> is that for a bonus have to, point? <laughs> I, well, no, I'm going to have to give the points to Robbie for getting end of life, newborn baby, infant, lively boy, young man, tired-looking middle-aged man, bold-looking old man, end of life. So I'm, I'm going to give it to Robbie for getting the extra nice, nice. Oh yeah, because I suppose you need that to finish the puzzle, don't you? you do. Yeah, it's not like the remake where the remake does it automatically. Well done, well done. So question number four, nice fun question. Fuck what it. order? What order do the stars appear in the opening cast crew? We'll go to George Trevor for this one. Um, Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Barry Burton, Rebecca Chambers. I think Albert Wesker's last. Yeah. Is that your answer? Yeah. Okay. Um, Batman. Oh, oh shit! Can I swap Rebecca and out Wesker? No, so Rebecca's late. last, and West, so Wesker's. No, too, too late, too late. Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Barry Burton, Rebecca Chambers, Albert Wesker. Okay, Romby. Yeah, Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine, Barry Burton, Rebecca Chambers, Albert Wesker. Star starring. Chris Redfield, Jill Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I think it's Rebecca third and Barry fourth, and then Wesker last. It's Ooh. points to everyone but Stars Tyrant. Fuck it! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for not letting me change. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to literally run through it. Chris, Jill, Barry, Rebecca, Albert, Wesker. So very good. And finally, question number five. Uh, who is the room monitor for the visual data room? George. John Tolman. Stars Tyrant. Uh, I had no idea, so I just plucked one of the names from the security file out. I went for E. Ross, but I, I know it's wrong. Rumby? Um, I can only remember a first name, and I know there's a file in the original. It's Keith. Keith something. I just can't remember what the last name is. It's Keith something. Batman? Yeah, it's Keith Arving. <laughs> Someone said he was related to Ricardo Irving from to Ricardo. Level 5. But it's, <laughs> oh my god. But it's, uh, it's ARV. It's Arving. We come up with uh, some bullshit in this fuck's sake. I think he is mentioned in the everyone original has, as well. Everyone has to be related to everyone else, of course. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Points to Batman is indeed Keith Arving. So let's take a look at the final scores. <laughs> oh, go on. Woo. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Final score. Oh. Stars. Only one for stars. This is poor. That was a poor show. Poor. Recent memory uh, failed me there. George, a respectable two, and joint first is Rob and Batman with three. If I'm really kind, I could give half of Keith. I just couldn't remember the last name. I just remember he was the, the head of the special research division, visual data room stuff. That's all I he could is. remember. Points for being called Keith as well. That's the name for <laughs> half, isn't it? That is. What? What? <laughs> What's that noise? I can oh, hear an alarm. It's the, it's the non-cannon corner alarm. Christ. Oh, no. Two points up for grabs. If anyone wants to take on this question, you have a choice of taking it on or not. This comes from USS Command, as envisaged by George Trevor earlier. 
This is a this particularly... This is another porn question, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a real pain up the arse trick question. It is a porn question, isn't it? <laughs> Does anyone want to have a go at non-cannon corner? I may as well, I've only got the one point, go for it. Well, we'll do it and then see if anyone... You're entering. George, are you entering? Yeah, I, well, it depends what I'm entering into. Yes, I am. Well, the chance to win. If you get this right, you'll win. Okay. Yes, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're all enter. Let's see. Here we go. So, it's one of my famous odd one-out rounds. Oh, God. Let me get the notepad okay. open. Hang on. Here we go. Let me just look There's up one... uh, Auto Trader on the internet. <laughs> There is one point available for getting the right one, but you're probably going to guess it. If you can tell me the reason why, you will get another point. Okay, so listen carefully. These are all surnames. Clemens, Faye, Howe, Marcus, Tolman. Which is the odd one out? That's Clemens, Faye, Howe, Marcus, Tolman. I only recognise Clemens and Tolman. I think I'm going to throw my weight behind Tolman again. Which one is the odd one out? Mm. And then why? Yes. I'm going to go for a, as obscure as I can. Okay. So, George, what are you going for? I'm going to say John Tolman is the answer. For what reason? And it's a, obviously it's a, something to do with a non-canon instalment. There's non-canon elements in this. I can't think. Because um, I only recognise two of the names. Um, I haven't got an answer. Sorry, no. Okay, so only one point available for you, potentially. Okay. Uh, Stars Tyrant, what are you going for? I'm going to go for Clemens. Clemens is the only one of those names who I definitely know is in 3 as a doctor, but he's also a doctor in Alien 3. Ah! <laughs> right. oh, that's why I recognise the name. <laughs> Batman. is complete bollocks. <laughs> I'm going to go for Marcus, because his first name is James and all the others are called John. Okay, um, fine, Romby. I have no clue whatsoever. I'm just going to go Faye because I want to. (laughs) (laughs) Someone gets a point. And that point is George Trevor. The odd one out is John Tolman. I knew if I kept saying John Tolman for every answer, I was going to get a a bench. (laughs) So the answer is John Tolman. Because all the others are John with an H, whereas John Tolman is not. Who's John Marcus? So, John Clements from the canon. John Fay is from the comics. John Howe is from the S.D. Perry novels. John Marcus is from the George Romero script. And John Tolman is from the discarded crumpled memo. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's all right, I've completely fucked this up because there isn't a Clemens in three at all, is there? I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> so a big thank you to USS Command. An extra point is then given to George, which means you finished joint top with three points with Rombie and Batman. Yeah. See Great what happens start. when you ask decent questions. <laughs> <laughs> so with that dramatic conclusion, that brings the end to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. Join us for the next podcast when we'll have more questions. Thank you all very much for listening. I think that generally wraps up our podcast for today. I think we're going to be looking at 
I think we're going to do um, an umbrella one, weren't we? Looking at either umbrella or we did have a suggestion to look at the Raccoon City incident in total. So we're going to have a corporations one. And then I think if we get a bit more information about when RE2 remakes coming um, as a kind of precursor to that, we can do a Raccoon City incident podcast that will take into account zero remake outbreak one, two and three. And maybe some of the problems of geography as well. Problems of geography, yeah. The mega retcons that we've had over the years, Frederick Downing being involved, people running around, Umbrella Chronicles, Darkseid Chronicles. I think that'll be a really good podcast. That was a good suggestion on the PU forum, so I'm grateful for that. So that'll be probably down the line, but um, this has been the start of Season 4. I hope you've all enjoyed it. Tune in for our next one. We'll keep you all up to date on Facebook and PU forums themselves about when we're doing the next one. If anyone else wants to give us a call in, feel free, drop us a line, and uh, we'll get you played on air. So with that, it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Uh, goodbye from me, Batman. Goodbye from me, Stars Tyrant. Goodbye from me, Romby. Goodbye from me, George Trevor. My appearance tonight is in memoriam of Abraham. <laughs>